So what'd you end up getting a uh, the fat tire Belgian white? Fat tire Belgian white. It's um, it's a little blander than like Blue Moon. That's what it feels like to me. Hmm. A little blander than Blue Moon. I could I had to stop drinking Blue Moon when I found out they were just cores. I know. Well, they got bought somewhere in like somewhere after I started drinking it, but I like a few beers to have in my repertoire that I know I always find someplace, like Stella. You know, Budweiser. I don't drink Budweiser. I'm just saying. You know, it might as well be. This is the opening. It, sure, that's a good idea. It could be the opening. I just now I get to see actually look on your face. <laughs> that's great. Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. Welcome to Headcanon. We are recording this, I guess not live, but in the same room. Marco's visiting Los Angeles. And uh, a little bit of a special episode, I guess. We're finally going to do one on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Hope you're fucking happy. That ninth Harry Potter movie that we've been threatening to do for so long. Those were the first movies we did. So that's true. Kind of destined to do this eventually on headcount, yeah. And it's somewhat, I don't want to say topical, but the trailer for the crimes of Johnny Depp just dropped. Very topical. I don't know why someone hasn't like done a documentary or isn't working on a documentary to release in conjunction with that movie called The Crimes of Johnny Depp. I don't I mean, I feel like it great, might not be that long of a documentary. No, but that might, that might be like a great like B special. Hmm. Well, before we do our Harry Potter or, you know, Wizarding World segment, I guess we're supposed to call it now. Um, <laughs> just talk about our agenda real quick. We're going to talk about that. And then, you know, spoilers, if you care, we're going to talk about uh, the trailer for The Crimes of Grindelwald and then Tomb Raider and then Love, Simon. Um, I mean, I guess there's like a spoiler in Love, Simon in a way. So... You know, if you don't if you don't want to be spoiled on any, any of this, um, you can tune out at that point. I don't think Tomb Raider is capable of being spoiled because it's an awful, stupid movie. Don't go see it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we are Spoilers going to start bad. with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them with Newt Scamander, Crystal Gray's Porpentina and Goldstein, Jacob Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opening statement? Uh, very briefly. Um. This movie is, is purposely trying to evoke a certain kind of nostalgia because you get, what is it? Is it Hedwig's theme? Is that the name of it that they play a little bit at the beginning there? Potterheads get very upset that that's even in this movie. Yeah. You're a Potterhead, right? You're a big Potter boy. I would not put myself in the category of people who gets mad that they're using Hedwig's theme in a non-Harry Potter movie. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, it's a movie where like the sidekick was the the hero, the magic zoologist who can't relate to people but he can relate to his fantastical creatures um uh, to put it briefly this movie is to me a lot of ways basically an x-men movie with half the cast and elements from minority report um i watched some how video is it an x-men movie the like concern about like what would the normals think hmm. of all of us we got a band together you got like soft uh magneto uh it's just literally an x-men storyline there is a spoiler where we're Magneto pretends to be a student at Xavier's school. Um, I watched some video about like what was it called? I can't remember. Like the fragile, precious masculinity of Newt Scamander earlier. I, I watched that as well. I kind of disagree with it. You know what though? I agreed with 
all the points for the the bulk of the video I watched, and then I was like, I still don't like the movie or the character. Well, I would say this: his his points about how Newt Scamander like embodies a certain kind of traits of non toxic masculinity. Those I, I would agree with. I I don't think that alone makes him a good character. I think he's a bad character yeah. for reasons we can get into. Yeah, I mean, it it brought up more things that are traits that we shouldn't be uh, responding to in male characters, which is like. We're okay with like crazy acts of violence, but we like we applaud when like you have the briefest humility. Like, yeah, my know. my problem with Newt Scamander is not his empathy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's well, it, but he the, the guy in this video kind of disagreed with us. He talks about like his uh, his inaction as being a strength, and we're like, you're still kind of the star of the movie. There's this thing called fiction where you yeah. you need a character to be active and not passive, or else it doesn't really work well as drama. Which I think we've kind of summed up what will be our problems with this movie is that there's like a bunch of storylines that have nothing to fucking do with anything. And like the most um, somnambulist of a, of a main character. Anyways, I take it. I leave it to you. Begin. Yeah, um, I, I, I really dislike David Yates in his direction. I, I think he's an artless hack. This is his fifth Harry Potter movie or Wizarding World movie. Are you done with that? No, it's just I think there's any actual alpha. Oh, wow. <laughs> Should I go get you another one right now? You could, I got the uh, higher octane. Uh, what's your What's your percentage on that? That's uh, 8.2. Ooh, shit, son. Yeah, you, double IPA. After you do your opening statement, I just want you to chug that fucker. All right. Where was I? Artless Hacks and David Yates, yes. <laughs> I think in this movie, he doesn't have the prior material of past Harry Potter movies or books to rely on here. He basically only has the kind of general concepts. And I think it shows like it, this movie is a mess, um, especially JK Rowling. She's writing the script for the first time. She's a great novelist. You really see some rookie screenwriting mistakes in this movie. Mm. Um, it just seems like there's nobody there to tell her no, or no, that doesn't work that way. Or, you know, have you considered this? Like there's just these go nowhere plots. There's these extra characters. The only way it makes sense is if like, if she knows like, well, the, these Shaw people, these you know politician family and the newspaper magnate he's going to be important two movies from now so i'm putting him in now like that's the only reason for them to be in the movie is that they'll be important later um and it just seems like she's forcing them in they don't really fit the movies it's too like grimdark for what should be a pretty light-hearted movie like it's a hufflepuff movie you know um i just uh, i wish i could say i see things improving but nobody at warner brothers seems to have the guts to go find a director who can elevate the material like david yates is just like I can get this in as artlessly as possible under budget. Yeah. I'm not, I'm nodding emphatically with Lossie. I think at one point we were like, we were, we were watching earlier. We were like, look at the screen. It looks like a fucking Zack Snyder. Yeah. It's so drab and ugly. Yeah. And there's so many shots where it's like, you could tell they wanted something really kind of visually clever mm-hmm. and they just didn't have it. No. And so we end up with like, a lot of just CGI explosions of, of bricks and stuff. But we can go on record here as the man who has the like 5K tweet or whatever that you are aware that J.K. Rowling I, I will the get script. To that. I will get to that <laughs> when we talk about the trailer. for the Put down your tweets, ladies and gentlemen. As, as a newly minted social media influencer. We'll discuss that later. Fresh content, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, top moments. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I have... I have a, I have an honorable mention. So my number four moment here is uh, there's one point I cannot remember now where it is in the movie because I was kind of 
frantically scribbling these down on my phone as we watch. But Newt has an incredible self-own at one point that people like Jacob and find him annoying. And I was like, finding Newt annoying. And I'm like, that is so fucking true. Thank it's you, like Newt. you've already read the reviews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which we should say, this is both our second time watching, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like this is our first time watching. We're, yeah. We saw this in the because past. Because I've and... seen it before is why I have been dragging my feet on us doing this one. I can't say it improved on second viewing, really. Um, my number four moment is just the uh, the bit with the crazy like church anti-witch person who's just like, are you a seeker? And he says, oh, it's always more of a chaser. That's just like a good little joke there. Wouldn't he be a good seeker with that frame? Um, I don't know. He doesn't seem all that great at catching things. Mm. He sure takes his time, so maybe not. It's true. No fucking rush mm-hmm. to capture his own fantastic beast. Uh, so our number threes. Uh, most Jacob scenes. Uh, what's Jason, Jacob Kowalski? Most Jacob you're, scenes. You're really cheating on your top moments here. Well, I have one particular, but okay. like most Jacob scenes, I, I I had the giggle water one here for a while. But basically, towards the beginning, when they're about to leave the bank and uh, they've apparated outside, and I love that they keep the kind of like snake spiral apparition thing. Um, but uh, Scamander's about to like, uh, is it Obliviate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to keep going, turning to you for all the lingo. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's about to Obliviate him, and then like, Jacob just whacks Scamander in the fucking face of his suitcase and runs off. But as he like gets down this this alleyway to the street where there's now people and cops and stuff, he does this like little jaunty walk across the street to like not draw attention to himself. I love it. Okay, yeah, my number three is just the Niffler escaping at the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the hijinks it gets up to. Niffler probably is the most successful of the Fantastic Beasts, I would say, in this. I mean, we've already seen the Niffler, so maybe that's not a fair, you know, nominee for that category. Maybe the, I think it's like the Thunderbird, hmm. that big thing. I forgot. I have the wiki up somewhere for like what the hell those things are named. Yeah, but, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, Niffler, I feel like it's the most programmed and obvious like creation to be beloved, but. Still, like, I would watch his animated movie. Um, my number two, speaking of which, is the, like, four seconds when they catch the Niffler through the window of the jewelry store, and he, like, freezes mm-hmm. like a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, previously... I feel like that was the only, like, good, like, kind of visual comedy moment in the movie, maybe. There, there is some visual comedy in that scene with yeah. Scamander, and they're smart because they drop the score out, and they just let him be physically comedic. And then it ends with a note stolen from fucking angels and demons of all places with the ladder up against the, the window precariously. Can you steal from angels and demons? Absolutely. You can. Hmm. Uh, hey, don't bring, don't bring Tom Hanks. I would, this. I would go back to uh, the lost world with that on the, you know, on the glass and whatnot. Oh yeah. 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 And there's a bit of that in the second maze runner. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. Just even though Niffler has shown before, he doesn't give a fuck about people watching him like pile his belly with, with riches. Still, he just freezes for a minute. And I fucking. I mean, love none it. of those people get their their jewelry back, right? I want to say he tickles it out of him in the um the bank vault. It's not the people who he stole from. Yeah, it's just all in the bank vault. But that's a funny image, though, as he tickles it mm-hmm. out of him and it just spills out. Mm-hmm. What is my number two? Um, when they come home to the Goldstein house there and meet Queenie, mm. when she's like figured out that like. She doesn't know what to do with these guys. She's going to bring them back to her place. Poor Pantina is um, just there's some decent visual stuff with like drying the clothes and 
she like for some reason uses magic to put a bathrobe on even though she doesn't really need to um, hi y'all i'm lazy, I'm lazy but the idea fuck. of like these like two two young like bachelorettes in their 20s um like how how the wizarding women live not supposed to have a man back yeah in place yeah yeah queenie who's basically daisy buchanan if she spoke like uh uh betty boop um my number one is kind of blab just throwing it out there mm-hmm. it's inside the suitcase the the first time when he takes jacob in there get the tour yeah that could have been better it could have been a hell of a lot fucking worse compared like now that we've seen the rest of the movie the 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 buzzword that you use uh, artless mm-hmm. just take a big shot whenever we say artless um is there a better word for it? no though? it's 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 not but it's not even like yeah that's the, the but i was gonna say it's not it. even workmanlike. yeah it's not even like it's only like ron howard he gets the job done you know it's just like can i make this bland like like I'm selling you something artful, but it's it's bullshit. But yeah, there's some. Like, wait a minute, David Yates used to direct TV. No, yeah, there's some very interesting visual stuff there, and there's more that could have been done. I mean, it's a smart sequence to make it to evoke a lot of locales you're not going to get because you're in drab period New York, um, including when they see the Obscurus. And I I thought of uh, that one scene in Kill Bill with uh, uh, Lucy Liu. Just a silly little white girl with a samurai sword, mm. but she finally kills her. Anyway, um, yeah. So the suitcase, just generically, generally, my sure. number one. And my these moments, like it was hard for me to really think of ones and where to rank, the, rank them. But um, I had Graves interrogating Newt just because I I did like probably one of my favorite characters in this is Percival Graves. Um, him starting to uh you know lift the mask, I guess you could say there. Yeah, you get the Dumbledore name check. You know, talking about like well, it's useful without a toast and all that. You know, yeah. I feel like Colin Farrell really got a raw deal with this whole situation. There is some uh, some juicy like chewing of the scenery. He does some great nonverbal work there. It's a podcast, sorry folks. So I'm gonna try to describe it as I do it to Benji. But like, if you were to start like whapping your mouth at me, and I'm just like. <laughs> that thing where you just you put your fish. the finger up your lips but you just shake your head like you're making a fool of yourself mm-hmm. yeah yeah he has like a little bit of like a professional condescension yeah which <laughs> which i it cracks me up that okay, we're gonna get spoilers right obviously this, yes. this is grindelwald but like how long has he been in this job has he been signing is, like is, pay stubs this <laughs> is there a real percival graves who he's like murdered and taken the place of because the name percival graves like percival it was like one of the names, I think, of the um, the original like owners of the Hallows or something. I'm pretty sure oh, there's cool. some sort of link there. Like, so like, is Percival Gray's even a real person, right. or is, has he like somehow like twice a week been like getting over to the United States to like pretend to be a magic cop and what? rise up the ranks while he's doing all his other shenanigans? I just picture that he's also like putting in time, like doing the quarterly evals. Like, all right, Tina. As a as investigator, you're just a fucking shambles. Mm-hmm. Here, let's talk about your career. Where do you see yourself in five years? So <laughs> you see world destruction, gallivanting around Europe, but only two days a week. You can only do that on his weekends. Yeah. Got to yeah. get back to his job in the states. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, you've been racking up a lot of sick days lately. <laughs> can you imagine if Grindelwald's like, I can't stay for this conquest. I'm running out of vacation days. Because <laughs> he, he automatically goes back to weird German Johnny Depp accent when he's out of the skies. But like bad oh, i just it to the ki- point where did you know what he was saying in the theater no yeah it kills me that to think of all the great people they could have cast for Grindelwald. honestly 
Well, okay. So when they filmed this, we didn't have the view of Johnny Depp that we do now, right? It was like in between filming yeah, and release. Probably. Yeah, I think the whole thing with Amber Heard came out um, after that. But, but honestly, they, they had enough it. time. I would have happened if they reversed it. If we were going to get like four more movies of Colin Farrell, and I hate to say that because I'm not crazy about Colin Farrell, but the work he does as Graves is fantastic compared to whatever the fuck. And when he get. when he starts kind of like getting into his kind of like his Magneto rant, basically at the end there about like not being subjugated by the humans and whatnot, like. I feel like he's he's owning that material, you know, he's he's into it. Yeah, I think by the time this movie was going to come out, they had they had several months where they could have gone and reshot that. It's not like he's in it a ton, Johnny Depp. Like that would have been a real easy reshoot. He's in like one scene basically. Yeah, I guess if you're a creative person in this kind of situation, if there's any chance that you think, "Oh, I might regret this if I don't seize this opportunity to reshoot," you will regret this. And <laughs> Johnny Depp. It's such boring casting name. Even even without the whole Amber Heard like domestic violence thing, he's still like his star had sunk so low. Anyways, people are sick of him. Mm-hmm. Why are you putting him in this movie? I, all I want now is I want stories about how how much of a pain in the ass is the film with him, where you have to constantly give him cue cards because he refuses to learn. Yeah, lines is it anymore. really worth putting up with all that bullshit? Yeah. So, so who you would can you drag down your movie? Who would you cast? Would have been I've said time? this in the past. Alexander Skarsgård would be my first choice. Okay. Okay, but like European, you, I'll bet he could do a mean accent. What about like a name? What do you mean a name? Like a bigger name. That's a fucking name in my opinion. I feel like they were trying to go for. I think they wanted the name. They don't Depp. need the name. That's my problem with it. Go find the good actor. You. That's well, the Warner Brothers makes this mistake so many times with every like like that's their signature move. Warner Brothers, they go for the name, and they all screwed up because of that. I'll agree with you only because though. Let me ask you, Potterhead. How much does Grindelwald's name? I know he has a scene. How much does his name actually come up in the Harry Potter movies? Um, not a whole lot until the seventh movie, or okay. you know, seventh and eighth. And um, you see him very briefly, right? You see him as a child in that, or, or as a teenager. Don't they go to his prison cell at one point? Yeah, yeah. You see him as an old man. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want Harry Potter to get as fucking muddled and weird as Star Wars, where like they have to go back and reshoot Johnny Depp and like old makeup. They had they they had their chance. Even after this movie came out, they still could have said, "You know what, Johnny? It just it seems like it'd be the best decision for everyone involved." You know, at some point, you don't gonna... want to be a distraction to people enjoying the movie, do you, Johnny Depp? Oh, you True. do. At some point, we're gonna when we get to the trailer, we're gonna rehash the uh, uh, Dumbledore attire throughout the ages question mm-hmm. that we had earlier. Okay, yeah. Uh, complaints uh... aside from what we just did for five minutes on Johnny Depp. I think we're gonna have a lot as we go. Th- through it obliquely there's a it's not as a whole i did not walk out of this movie enjoying it it's way too long too many things are dreadful too many storylines you could cut whole cloth and it won't mean anything you could cut everything with the fucking political family like the newspaper senator family it's just fucking weird it barely sets up the salem edmund gory or edward gory family um (sighs) yeah yeah there one of my biggest complaints of this movie is there's so much just really kind of ugly CGI. It's it's all very drab. It's just these like murky explosions of like brick. You know, it's like there's a lot of fucking brick getting blasted around here and there. Cobblestone streets, brick buildings. And it's it's just like, look at all that destruction. It's like, wow, that's fucking boring. I don't care. Let me get into that. Yeah. So I have I have a big question about magic as we get into this movie, but also the amount that 
by which they can obliviate people's memories, men in black style, to which they can just magically rebuild buildings or put buildings back together. Reparo. There are no fucking stakes to any of this, it feels like. Well, yeah, I mean, part of that is a writing issue. Because, I mean, magic, of course, existed in all the other Harry Potter movies, and there's still plenty of stakes there. I think the problem is that the stakes here are like, oh, no, the humans might find out. And then they have like a magical, um, you know, like Thunderbird rain memory obliviation, you know, rain that just fixes everything. And so it's like, oh, well, that works out well. Well, sometimes, you know, when you're in power, especially like head of state, you got to make some fucking black bag. Nobody really wants to see men in black, but with but there's no wizards. There's no there's no Internet. Right. So if something happens, can't you just be like, kill those people? Just straight up. Uh, another issue I have is the the villain of this movie is a big black cloud of CGI, and yeah. the villain of a movie should never be a big black cloud of CGI because it's just boring. Also, Credence sucks. He's just a weepy loser. Um, there is something going on in his storyline that is, I would dare I say, potentially too dark for a kids' movie. What it suggests, anyways. If you're getting like, like, I guess as those kids get older, first of all, who brings their fucking kids to this movie? This seems like such a boring kids movie. Yeah, yeah. Give me the fucking Niffler movie. Where's all goddamn, the beasts? Yeah. Get my goddamn Paris. Why am I seeing this guy with an awful bowl cut get like whipped and beaten with a belt? Yeah, yeah. Want to be Matt Smith who has an Oscar somehow, like who can't make eye contact? He doesn't have an Oscar, does he? Uh, Eddie Redmayne? Oh, I thought you meant uh, Ezra Miller. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah how does that guy have Oh, an yeah, Oscar? Ezra Miller haircut is appalling to look at i would rather his entire character was a cgi black cloud than have to look at that stupid haircut the ezra heads are going to come for you um, my I'll last away like the flash my last complaint newt as i said earlier he's too passive for a hero and he fucking mumbles too much eddie redmayne it that's like his thing the half his lines in this movie i'm like leaning close like what what, what did you just say and you can't marry the, the muggles I, find yeah. and crack I, I understood kowalski just fine yeah it's not a sound mix issue he just fucking mumbles if you would have told me um, in 2015 that a movie will come out by which Dan Fogler will look like a fucking genius, I would have been like, ah. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> I've seen Balls of Glory. I've seen Goldbergs. I don't see it happening. Sure, sure. Next thing you're telling me, Donald Trump's going to be president. <laughs> hmm. uh, Donald um, Trump, who's just uh, big baby Grindelwald in a diaper. Will we die just a little bit? Do you really think you can hold me, Putin? Um, okay, so you want to just get into it? Yeah. I mean, I have notes spread though. I know we don't want to do it scene by scene. No, we don't. I mean, we can just let it flow. You know, I just I just don't want to like do a recap, you know. But um uh, I just want to see one thing real quick. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne's performance. I just I found it maddening because there are whole stretches of several minutes of this movie where he all he does is stare at people. Or not. Or, 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 or kind of like look, look away, stare at the ground, stare at his feet. And you're like, I'm, I'm literally shouting at the screen, fucking do something, say something. Like, come on. Like, you're just standing there. That's why I posted the screen cap of him fucking laying in bed like a weird child. <laughs> and it's, I get it's like, oh, he's more comfortable around animals. And that's fine. He, he improves when he goes down into his, uh, yeah. his animal pen there. But it's just hard to watch. You're just like, hey hero of the movie hey protagonist could you do something yeah instead of just standing around the 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 last thing i'll say about like the matt smith i know matt smith was up for the role and i i get 
movie magic wise, you go with the Oscar winner or whatever. Um, a lot of the physicality, the his wardrobe, like it's all taken from Matt Smith's performance as the Doctor. Obviously, the bigger on the inside of the suitcase and what have you. Um, that's the that's the general gist of it. But I I don't want the bravado of the Doctor in this character, but I do want more or make his do more of his social anxiety with human beings. Yeah, I mean it's fine if he's not the typical hero he can be kind of a little bit shy and empathetic and you know he doesn't need to be like some you know brawling masculine right you know like go getter but like you do have to still be active in your story well if if you're going to care about your animals so much get off your fucking weird ass and go care about the goddamn animals don't like go to bed or to dinner or to or just purposely not stare or at the just, girls or just kind of like be led around by other people because yeah. you're not reacting at all you're just yeah demand that the movie doesn't cut to there's samantha morton for 20 minutes there's a way you can do shy without being unengaging to the viewer yeah, yeah. and and without like doing like weird ticks like yeah like mm-hmm. uh i only watched a few more minutes of uh the amazing spider-man again where oh. andrew garfield is just like yeah, he's, he's he's ticking all over Tick the place. city yeah <laughs> What's funny is the best version to me of his of his Peter Parker is that SNL skit where him and Emma Stone don't know how to kiss. That one. Oh, watch it where they don't know how to kiss for like human beings. Mm, Okay, that's that's some good comedy there. Um, I want to know at the beginning of this movie, it's like this little mini prologue where it's like a bunch of R's like showing up to like no idea what castle. Yeah, we don't know what's going on. And Grindelwald shoots some sort of like crazy magic blast that like vaporizes them like what the fuck was that and why doesn't he do it in the rest of the movie yeah. well what you see is a bunch of dudes in hats like with the what is that thing called they have the tip of their 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 magic penis like lit up uh lumos okay um so they're doing that and they're like walking forward they suspect this guy is somewhere out there in the dark this is a good way to give away your location you dummies well, he just like vaporizes them with some crazy blast. Like, well, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It seems more powerful than uh, Vada Kedavra. Yeah. Then we, which, and it makes me wonder, like, did they not do a Vada Kedavra back then? Was that like a, uh, a innovation of Voldemort? There's no. Okay, can we talk about magic now? Sure. There's no. I I, so, well, I have a lot of questions, and I have some observations that mm-hmm. might be. Let me let me explain away. I just want to give you this preface. Okay. The answer to most of your questions are this. It's in the book. It's magic. Okay. Okay. Um, the history of magic I'm very curious about because it seems to be very much word based and I know a lot of sci-fi offers have done stuff where they have their word based thing like uh, word based uh, what it's it's for the most part it's it's I say this thing I direct my will to this they piece don't, of wood they don't have to say a thing okay they don't have to there's, there's non-verbal spells so you don't have to say about a cadaver you don't have to say Accio. Uh, I guess Avada Kedavra is such an intense curse that you so might some, need to. Some require if, if vocal eloquence enough willpower. You could do okay. an Avada Kedavra without. I guess I, I wanted some kind of like more than like in the first movie the the commune between human will, verbal power, the special names. Like, I think what can the wood, you, the like feather of a phoenix or what have you. Well, it's, it's a magical artifact or creature. Y- Something Benji's within making the some wand. Serious, yeah. Oh like, yeah, magical jerk. I think what confused <laughs> you was that uh, Gray's is like he's doing hand magic, Keegan Allen style, and no one really reacts to it. Why isn't Keegan Allen getting credit as yeah. a hand act? Um, no one's like, "Wow, well, you're some other, sort of fucking magical prodigy." You're not even using a wand. The other thing is when we get to the Goldstein household, mm-hmm. 
I don't want to say these girls are lazy, but they have the privilege of magic. They're fucking witches. At one point, are they a witch or what? At one point, Tina comes in and she's like coming to bring like hot chocolate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love that like the the spoon is just stirring itself. And like Queenie is a, as a as a mistress of power with her stuff. Um, and even when like new like he See, like Kowalski knows what's up there. He's like, I'd like to stay here forever, please. He's, oh, absolutely well maybe not with tina but with queenie for sure get rid of your uh, dish mop of a sister here and we're good i mean she is literally a coat rack um but like (laughs) but like at one point newt's like he's repairing the oh you almost spit out his beer it's so good (laughs) at one point newt is like repairing kowalski's like fucking house or his apartment Mm -hmm. and he's just sitting there chilling so i guess my question is is this subconscious magic or are you saying at some level these objects know their purpose? Like bricks want to be a building, spoons want to stir, that's teapots want to pour. That's all the magic, basically. Okay. You know. Okay. There's a purpose. There seems like there's a, a system there. You know what I? Sh- you know what? what I'd say? I would say you should really read the books first of all. But no, it's the magic of stuff like that is like you tell something to repair, so it repairs itself. You're not necessarily telling it, put this brick there, put that brick there. But it implies... It, just, it knows to go back to what it used to be, you know? Okay, but so there's, on some level, this thing knows what it was. Or the magic knows what it was. Okay. Yeah. Or it, it knows what you want. Okay. So anyways, I don't know how long we're in this, but we're only into the first five minutes, if that. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. So, you people ask for this. Um... Then there's, of course, the goddamn newspaper headlines. If I really wanted to like have a nitpick, it's the newspaper headlines. I just headlines. saying something about that's the hack's way to uh, exposition. But hmm. it is so bad. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it chronologically now. No, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, an, it's a, a wise man once said, it's an artless way. To exposition. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the only interesting thing about these stupid headlines is like looking in the margins or like mm-hmm. what other funny little jokes that they put in there. You know? Well, so the first one we get about Grindelwald after we see that the live action little prologue there is there is a culture and sports column that is right there by this apocalyptic front page story. Then we get ads for giggle water. We get like questions about like, is soccer the American Quidditch? <laughs> um, it's it's like, they're trying to set up all these dumb things that happen in the movie to every level, to every scene. Like we like we really need an explanation for giggle water. Like we need to have the term somewhere in the back of our mind. I think when you say giggle water, you, and then the guy giggles when he drinks it, you kind of get what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Like, do we need to be introduced to the Makusa president there? Pickery calls for calm. Yeah. But yeah, stupid newspapers. Uh, and then I feel like it, it takes a while for them to fully communicate that Newt is kind of like he's a little weird you know he's mm-hmm. he's a little i don't know if anti-social is the right word extremely introverted you know it's not a good introduction to him no because he just he, i think and i remember saying this when we talked about this on one of our other podcasts briefly his whole thing with the briefcase and he's nervous going through customs and whatnot what is apparently going on is he's super shy but what we're getting is like, oh, he's acting twitchy. He's doing something illegal. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't communicate what it needs to. Well, there. isn't he, though? But he is. That's that's a problem, though, is like <laughs> it doesn't properly communicate. Oh, this guy is really shy and awkward around normal people. Also, I know you're being cutesy movie, but maybe put the fucking suitcase on Muggleworthy all the time. Yeah. 
considering that this thing is a leaky goddamn faucet. You've been on a boat for what, like a month or something? I don't know how long that boat passage is. Which must have been a nightmare of human interaction for him. Surely the wizarding world has a better way of transatlantic travel than a boat. I mean, I could could almost buy he's doing it on the DL, which is why he took the boat. That would kind of make sense. But why on the way back? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, so we get into Nick New York, which is like immediately we see just like rubble. We, they don't we even get pretend. into like we get into a lot of like tones of gray. Is yeah, what we get into. They don't even pretend that Graves isn't Grindelwald. <laughs> I mean, he has the same kind of weird the, high and tight cut or whatever. Or the way his head is framed yeah. is exactly like we saw Grindelwald four minutes earlier. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for anyone who's like, oh, my God, at the end, because it's like it's there. I don't know how they didn't suspect it earlier because he's he stops being cool, mysterious cop guy and being like this uh, Obscurus is no longer useful to me or whatever. Well, he's, he's like having secret meetings with Credence and it's like, OK, obviously something is up here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Magical CIs. Yeah. So the our introduction to uh, Porpentina here. She's like eating a hot dog, like watching this like anti-witch religious. I don't even know what, what this is. Some sort of like hectoring of the crowds or something. Um, And my first thought in the scene is that like, she has this hot dog that she's eating for like two shots and the hot dog disappears. And it's like, how much more funny would it have been? And like more of a character moment for like this New York girl would it have been if she's eating that hot dog through this entire scene and it's just getting smaller and smaller. Oh, first of all, number one, do you want to get hot dogs after this? Number two, yes. Um, more with the hot dog. If you're not having that hot dog in the next scene, I need I need a comical where she throws the hot dog over her shoulder. Later on, I need her being like Newt. You're a fucking goofy, weird British she, guy. She needs to take him we out need, to hot dogs. We need to get some goddamn exactly. hot dogs. At the, in the last scene when they're yeah. getting back on the boat, yeah. they should have been having hot dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, if the hot dog was in every scene of this chase, it would have been great. Also, she comes off immediately to me like not a great cop. I think she just lucked into the fact of how stupid Newt is. She doesn't really seem like a cop. Like, I don't know what they're going for with her character. Yeah. Because she's she's kind of um bossy but at the same time like timid well but she's kind of like bullheaded but timid at the same time i was say she kind of suffers from the same um uh like like dark spell placed upon her of total inaction Mm -hmm. that newt has it's a lot of watching yeah she like making her proactive does not take away from the dichotomy between her and queenie Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you can have two sisters who are completely different and they're both women of action doesn't it seem like she should have been some kind of uh, like heavy Brooklyn accent, like his girl Friday type of role or something? I'm into it. Yeah. Who? What the actor? Oh, I would I would totally recast. I, I would too. But even if you're if you're gonna go with Catherine Larson, I feel like they needed to turn up the New Yorkness there. I I think she's great, but I think a fine frenzy got cast as Queenie because she could do the boop boop, boop voice hmm. so well. Um, yeah, like. I mean, you, you basically want like young Marissa Tomei or something, right? The two Utes. Um, yeah. So how would I describe Newt Scamander's whole affect? Uh, I had this experience recently <laughs> where I ran into these two teenagers through a work thing. And they were like, oh, by the way, we do theater. And I was like, kids, I know. I can tell. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And like, that's how magicians are. Which 
that would be fine as a character if he wasn't so goddamn passive. I feel like you know, like I I like him when he takes a more active role in the story. Mm-hmm. But there's like long stretches, especially in the first half of this movie, where he's just standing around. A lot of Yates's humor is so obvious, and then I feel like so much of it is left out to dry. You have a, potentially a golden goose hilarious moment of Newt's commander has just jumped off this bench of Jacob Kowalski and I'm supposed to think that he laid an egg like you could have played that so much more classically hilarious well, what's think up- fuck for Dan Fogler <laughs> what's up with the coin flip like this like banker walks out I guess he's throwing a coin in like a homeless guy's hat or something but he like flips it way up in the air and it's slow motion around we're, we're supposed I think we're supposed to be like Catching into nice burp, mm-hmm. Niffler like lusting after that coin. I just feel like it's so overdone. It's like I hope everyone is getting that this is money, and Niffler's like money because there's no other way I could have shot this scene except in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's not just money. It's like also like diamonds and jewelry. I mean, I wanted like just wealthy wealth. I wanted Redman to like do his whisper scream thing, where he's like, Niffler is horny for. Material possessions. I'm sorry. Could you speak up? I couldn't hear that. Yes, I can. Sorry, that's Samantha, that's Eddie Redmayne from Jupiter Ascending. Samantha Morton here as Mary Lou. I think. Ugh. Right. This whole character. Just. I want to like Samantha Morton. Everything, mm-hmm. and then she does a role like this. Yeah. Um. We're in the bank. Actually, no. I take that back. I hate her character. I think she's great at a saying the stupid character. Yeah, it's it's like, yep, I can't stand people like that. You have a what quiet, horrible church lady. You have a quiet power over abusing people, and you don't even need a uh, what's the chick from the fifth one's name? The fifth one. Yeah, the lady that we all hate. Um, who got who got Dolores ca- Umbridge? Who got carried off and raped by all the? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, not really. Okay, that's just like. A but yes, yeah, so you don't even need to give her Umbridge level of time. Mm-hmm. I despise this woman. Yeah. Um. So. Why do you think New York City is such a drab, horrible place in this movie? Is this some sort of like weird commentary by David Yates or J.K. Rowling or something? Or like, we want to make New York the most depressing, awful place imaginable? If it's not, it sure as fuck feels that way. And that's a problem. Like, I mean, it's like, I hope you enjoyed seeing the color green at some other point in your life. You won't really see it in this movie until they go down into the, uh, the pen there. I feel like there's going to be some kind of like really on the nose, like City of Light thing exploding in the second one um yeah they really dislike american culture it seems like at this point yeah the, the makusa seems downright fascist well just makusa and no match no match it's like americans have no imagination is what they're saying i i feel like rowling is just like taking the piss or something because there's no other way to explain how horrible of a term no match is well here's the thing so so muggle I mean, mug is a face. I think it's also British slang for somebody who's easily fooled by things. Like, we don't care that you added a ghoul to the end. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We get your muggle struggle. Like, we've accepted it as a dumb American audience. Don't paint us with this nomage. I want to say that in the next one, the French terminology for muggles is like non le magique or something like that. So, equally stupid, yeah. Couldn't it just gone with muggles? Like, did you need another? Uh, you know, I, again, the special relationship. We're allies. You should you should take care of us. We take care of you. Obviously, we all train our burns on the French. They're the easiest target in the world. It should stay that way, JK. JK, JK. Um, 
So I wrote down this note because I was confused. There's a mag- magical federation that the Americans the also follow under. International Magical Federation or something it's like that. It's like a magical UN. Yeah, basically. Which never came up before. I think it's kind of in the books. Okay. Yeah. Is there like a Kofi Annan, like a magical Kofi Annan by well, the, the 90s? The thing that doesn't make sense is in the books, there's like some mentions of the like witch trials and whatnot. Right. And how like some witch, like the witches never actually burned. Like they would just like cast like a no burn spell on themselves or whatever. And like some, some witches actually enjoyed it and they'd get caught on purpose Woo! because it tickled, you know? Got and so fire in my nethers. That doesn't really line up with this whole like persecution complex that they're trying to push here, you know? Right. I mean, like, oh, also we should stretch out because again, I'm I'm the more casual fan to bring this into it. So Harry Potter is set in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the books. Maybe still the um it's movies. Un- it's unclear. Nothing really like it's, takes it away. It's not from like David Yates is a kind of a carefully detailed director who would observe something like but that. It's, but it's it's not like there's something in Half Blood Prince that expressly says that they're not all into Britpop or the resurgence of Britpop. Um, so this is like the 20s. This is 1926. Okay. So somewhere F. Scott Fitzgerald is doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the like America the, the Makusa headquarters? It was fine. It's just I don't know. Like I feel like this movie wants you to be impressed a lot by their their CGI glamour, mm. and it's just kind of like yay, whatever. What is that building again? I forgot. The building? Yeah, it's like a it's a famous building. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's not the Empire State Building, so that's my only knowledge of New York buildings. I know you have the clicky clacky keyboard, but I guess I'll Google it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go ahead and Google it. I mean the the first medium between. Scamander and Porpentina here, not exactly a meet cute. Right. She just kind of yells at him. And it's not like, I don't know, there's just no chemistry there. It's not like a fun thing where like they hate each other, but they'll like each other by the end of the movie type of thing. It's just two people who like have very different aims and they're not on the same page and they don't really like each other. What was your most, what was the thing when we rewatched this that you completely forgotten about? Because I can tell you mine was a moment between the two of them. I completely forgot about. Yeah. Um. I guess the whole diversion to Narlax. Okay. I was like, oh yeah, that's in this movie. Well, that went a different way than I thought. Mm. Mine was the whole thing where they pseudo, kind of talk about potentially their interest in each other and seeing each other again at the end. Oh no, I remembered that just because it like you're like, wait, they're really gonna end the movie without them kissing? He's not gonna come back down? Oh, he's just leaving. Wow, what a way to end a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that from watching it the first time. I was just like, what a what a bizarre anticlimactic way to end this movie. Yeah. Like you've you finally like scrounged up enough chemistry where it would make sense for these two to have a moment. Instead, he just leaves. All he can do is come back and say, like, oh, would you would you mind if I brought you a book in person? She's like, sure. That's it. Yeah. Um. So we see like little little wizarding world as the branding like touches throughout. Um, the one that bothered me the most, I think, is when I think we see like the pneumatic tube, and then there's like two pieces of paper are like sentiently like 
fighting to the death. Yeah, yeah. How much information is lost? That was kind of dumb, yeah. Like this sentient origami there's, cockfighting. There's some wand polishers, which yeah. I, I can't not laugh anytime anyone in Harry Potter mentions oh, polishing their wand. Polish my wand. Yeah. There's like a... Is this like a house elf elevator man or something like that? Who knows everything? Like mm-hmm. he knows that she's been demoted. Yeah. And she's like, Shh. got a live one on the wire here. She busts into like the, the high level meeting here before and like they kick her out. She, she's like, excuse me, miss. I have something to. And then she gets cut off. And so she just she leaves without telling them anything, which is like you seem like you want to create this bold character who's kind of like brassy and right. And, you know, like no nonsense in a way that Newt's commander is very much not. And yet she has a chance to say something and then she just like quiets down and well, leaves without saying it. I think a lot of movies do this thing where it's like we have to have our character also be respectful of the people who are ultimately going to be revealed to be good. Mm-hmm. So it's like she has to be respectful of the president. But you also have to write the president here as she doesn't give a fuck about you, Tina. Like, get lost. Like, is there a magical Senate? Like... Yeah, are there magical representatives? Is there a is there a, like a spineless magical Paul Ryan who's like, hey, no knee jerk reactions, wands don't kill people. Is there right? a magical Supreme Court? Yeah, is there a magical Merrick Garland? Um, yeah. So then we get to where she's been stationed, which is the the wand permits office. I had a good chuckle, and some of these things tie together because her boss there was also in the Tomb Raider movie that we just saw last night. Oh, was he? Um yeah, he's also a really bad dude on the alienists on TV right now. Mm. But yeah, he's he's in that he's the he's the weird guy that like hits on her like I think he's the boss at the uh um courier office. Oh, okay. okay. He's like, you know you're quoting Hamlet, what are you even doing fucking working here? Yeah. God, I can't believe I remember that much of Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so Jacob he's lost his um uh loan to open his bakery but they've done a switcheroo with the suitcases yeah so he he accidentally has the real suit the the magic suitcase and yeah animals get out they blow up his apartment he goes well i mean in his apartment he has a picture of his grandmother above his bed where his he has like a little uh hidden stash behind it we we see later yeah like you're getting no action there jacob um because girls are gonna be turned off by the picture of your grandmother above the Mm -hmm. bed also we briefly see his gross kitchen there. Is that where he cooked the whole suitcase full of treats? I mean, I think you'd have to, yeah. Oof. I'm not really going to mention it, but there's this whole subplot, the, the Credence subplot, with this like weird little sister, or I don't know if they're related or what. Yeah. Um, the fakiest fake out of all time. Yeah, and it's dumb, and yeah. it's not worth mentioning. Well, it's like, movie, we're not fucking animals. Like You have some little girl who's like, nobody and you have ezra miller yeah some little girl who's nobody who's like you're really trying to make her seem creepy yeah yeah um but yeah jacob has a real like william burroughs naked lunch moment there in his uh his apartment um and so at one point when newt and tina showed up at jacob's place they rebuilt the place or tina doesn't even know that newt's rebuilt the place then he starts like take her really to fucking task about like the progressive the lack of progressiveness in like American society when it comes to magic. It's like, oh, now you found your voice. <laughs> yeah, finally. Finally. Well, it's like all about like coupling and stuff and like how you guys have all these backwards ideas. And I want to be like, well, you're still British and take it up with Alan Turing, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there, there's a bit where like he's there's some weird little magical hummingbird or something flying around. 
They keep seeing this thing. Mm. Does he ever? Does he ever use the wand nope. to get that thing back? Nope. Nah, he just stares at it. Nope. It's like the one magical beast that's now part of the New York thing. Like, what is the the thing about if you bring animals to Australia and like they'll take over because they'll start breeding? Uh, maybe it's the Simpsons episode where they brought some mm. kind of animal to Australia. Um, yeah, it's like ecological terrorism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we find out here if you didn't know before that there's two fucking movies happening. One is the super boring Newt Scamander story. Sorry. Then there's also the even more boring, somehow, magically, John Boy American political family where the dad runs a newspaper and he's got a son who's like a New York senator. And they're tied in with like the puritanical religious Edmund Gore. Well, he has like this family. second son who's just like this weird, kind of li- vaguely sleazy looking guy. Oh, I know I've seen in something, but it's yeah. like, stop giving me his goddamn perspective. It's like, who the fuck are these people? I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't need to see him dancing in the, the, the purple rain at the end. Um, but yeah, the Senator brother. So, so the, the Edward Gorey family comes to the John Voight's office. Um, the Senator brother, it's like, like, I don't know like the gloves are off. He can get really like, he's like he, hard to like talk trash to this trash family. He's sitting there in a chair the whole time doing nothing with a look on his face like he might have accidentally like dropped a load in his pants yeah. and he doesn't want to move. Yeah. And he says nothing through the whole scene and then he like at the end he stands up, he picks up like a piece of paper and is like, "Hey, Ezra Miller, you're a fucking loser." Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Well, he comes off like like a like he's shit his pants, but also like he's got five kids tied up in his basement the whole time. But meanwhile, the brother that we keep, that we're talking, we're complaining about who's not at the center. Like works at the newspaper, who's always looking for a scoop to like ascertain himself. And he's like, "Why is it always like this whenever I come in this fucking office? No one takes me seriously." And it's like, asshole, the movie doesn't take you seriously. Yeah. We are pulling the we're camera not even away. Sure why we're watching you? Yeah, seriously. Um, was that just like a brief moment so you won't feel that bad when this guy dies later? I don't know. The the whole Shaw subplot is like, why is this in the movie? Well, yeah, I. I guess so. Like he got, he got, he deserved, got what he deserved when uh, Ezra Miller obscurates him to death. But then the other brother, it's like, I don't give a shit about him. Like he's not really being that harmed with his like white privilege super family. I don't give a shit about any of those people. Yeah. Seriously. I don't know why John Voight is even in this movie. Um, so they go back to Queenie's place, or they go back to and, Tina's place. Yeah. Which and, I refer now to Queenie's place. Well, it's the, the Goldstein place. Yeah. yeah. Enter Queenie. She is a delight. Uh, like I said, for some reason she has to use magic to put on a bathrobe, but she's got like an iron doing its own thing in the background, and, and like it's just, like a lot of neat kind of like domestic magic, I guess you'd call yeah. it. Yeah, um, domestic magic. That's nice. It was always neat when uh, Mrs. Weasley would like have like you know knives chopping up vegetables on their own to cook stuff like that. I could see like a an hour long drama in quotes that's basically bewitched, but it's called domestic magic. Mm-hmm. Um. So we find out that she's basically a psychic, and so you said she's kind a, of when I leg, asked Legilimens. Um, if she, I asked if there were psychics in Harry Potter before, Legilimensy is something that Snape can do. He's it's what he's supposed to be teaching Harry to do in Half Blood Prince. Sir, yeah, I would teach. But her. she's like some sort of like like extra natural Legilimens or something, where it's like she can't help read people's minds, except for the mumble mouth Brits. Yeah, she's like I can't fucking understand that guy. He mumbles. Yeah, even his thoughts. Mm-hmm. His thoughts are a sandbox of boring. So I will teach you to read the minds of your female classmates. Except for you, Weasley, you creep. Can I say something controversial? Sure. I mean, I, I want to go one episode where people aren't upset with something I say, but okay. fuck it. 
Uh, here's how I would describe Jacob. Kowalski? Yeah. Better Ron. Oh, shit. Yeah. Bring it. Better wizard than Ron. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's better wizard than Ron. Mm-hmm. Better all around. I'd rather see Dan Fogler and Hermione end up together. He has um some sort of affect about him of like good naturedness, whereas Ron always seems like kind of a dick. Like just like a a tool. Well, know? we'll get back to like how Jacob is. It's kind of like uh uh fuck Big Trouble, where Jack Burton is actually like the sidekick of the movie, yeah, yeah. and the other guy's the star. Um, there is this whole bit where like. She's like Queenie is like very taken with uh, Jacob here because he's a muggle, mm-hmm. and she's just like, "Oh, don't worry, everyone thinks that when they see me or something like that." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, all the all the good stuff in this family is centered around Queenie. Mm-hmm. Um, which what a name! Yeah, so they have dinner. We get to watch Queenie make like magical telekinetic strudel in the midair. There is a at times Queenie seems a little bit too bubble headed. Yeah. Like, like, just manic pixie dream but, but girl, capable, basically. Though, but capable. She's still more capable. But yeah, it's 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 almost like she was just waiting for this dude to walk in to in, to excite her. Well, it you know, like her coat rack sister thinks that she's like a fucking hard edge cop because at one point something comes up and Queenie's like, "Ooh, what is that?" And like uh, Tina's like, oh, "Don't even worry about it." It's like, "Hey, Tina, it's not that serious. You can fucking answer your sister's question." But mm-hmm. yeah, so they they make dinner, which. For a movie in which the first two words of the title are Fantastic Beasts, clearly shows they are in no rush. Yeah. Except to expound upon Jacob's storyline because he's the star of the movie. Uh, but yeah, this is really where I got into the like, what is, how does magic work in this this world? Like, is it subconscious? Is things want to be this? Because the I whole mean, dinner like just comes together. Beverages are poured on their own. Yeah. These girls don't lift a finger, which I guess would be easy. Just a lot of girls. charms, I guess. Yeah. These girls are charming. Well, one of them is. Yeah. Half charming. Uh, so we get, I want to say this is like the first real scene of Graves. And, this is where uh, you find out that Graves is like working some sort of side project with Credence here. Yeah. Well, at first, it seems like Credence is like his magical CI. And mm-hmm. then all of their scenes are in the dark. They're in the fucking dark. They're shot. Why, David Yates, well, are they in the fucking dark? I, I think the the metaphor here or, or what they're alluding to is too creepy and obvious. And I think part of it, I wouldn't think of that if I didn't read into like the, the JK Rowling headcanon that, that Grindelwald is gay, but it just seems like he's an older man preying on this teenage boy and his like being different, whatever that might mean in 1926. But it's a lot of like dark, illicit meetings, a lot of caressing and holding him close, telling him how special he is grooming him. You know, I have, and he has visions, visions that somehow this boy will be integral into like, like answering. Mm-hmm. How's your beers? Oh, my beer's good. Don't worry. You have another one? Yeah, I got another one right here. Yeah, it's, I know what you mean. And it's all in the dark. Like for some reason there's like, there's a, a light on in the back. So it's like, oh, look behind them. We can see what's going on, but they're silhouettes. I don't really know why it's, it's like the really thin metaphor is like, oh, we don't know what they're up to. Or their meaning is occluded, therefore they are too. But yeah. uh, not a fan of this style. Yeah. Um, so at one point we find out uh, it's it's partially through Jacob's been bit by one of the creatures, um, and and uh, uh, Newt's like, "You're gonna be fine." Oh shit, you're not fine. You're like particularly sensitive, and we start to allude that the physiologies of the the Muggles and the Wizard folk are different. 
Um, he, he literally says that and then nothing else. Yeah. But can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is answered in the book. Is it because of all the midichlorians? Yes. Okay. Harry Potter's midichlorian count off the charts. Okay, cool. Even Master Dumbledore doesn't have a midichlorian count that high. <laughs> uh, well, so they, I guess they're staying in the girl's room. Like, are the girls sleeping on the couch or something? I don't know. Do they just have an extra guest room with a couple beds in it? I guess so. Because that seems rather unchivalrous for them to take the girls' beds. Oh, for sure. But I could see Newt being like, sure. Yeah. They're well, like, he, oh, we were just saying that. So you take the couch. He does try not to stay with them at one point. Yeah, he tries to get out of there. Um, Like when she says earlier, like, no boys are actually allowed in our, our apartment. He's like, well, fine. We'll find another place to stay. And Jacob's like, woo. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, there, there's a little bit where her and Queenie and, and Jacob are they're kind of vibing, yeah. and then at one point she's like, "I was not flirting to Tina because that's what she's thinking." Yeah, yeah. I assumed it was another like guest bedroom. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the uh, chocolate, hot chocolate that stirs itself, though. Yeah. I mean, if you've got it, work it. Um. So we then we go into the suitcase once the girls have gone to sleep. Uh, Newt gives Jacob something to counteract the sweaty effects of the bite he does a little magical medicine yeah um we get the, the aforementioned- this, is, this is when newt finally like like wakes up yeah he's like oh i can become a character now i'm in my element yeah um i laughed because there was one shot where he's talking about these one type of animals that this is like the last breeding pair and he's had to save them and noah's ark them because otherwise there'll be no more and the way the shot is, it looks like he's making out with this like Cthulhu mouthed beast, he's like sticking his face into this weird tentacle. Yeah, maw. yeah. And he's like, "Isn't that special, Jacob?" And Jacob's like, "This is a magical world." Mm-hmm. Um, but why not use magic to tend to these animals? I mean, we just saw magic used to stir hot chocolate and do laundry and shit, dress people. I mean, and I guess dr- he could. That's, like- a, that's the thing. That's the most egregious thing of Queenie. It's not the cooking. It's that she can't even put on her f- own fucking sleeve so the one dress she has. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. I. Yeah, he could just, you know, use a charm to, like, float out some food to all these animals, but I don't know. This is just a chance to show him being at one with the creatures and also, like, squeezing his weird little swooping evil thing. He's just like, oh, this juice can become a powerful memory obliviator. That might be important later. Squeeze, squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we get the start of like, you know, presumably the mouth of the suitcase is the mouth of the suitcase. And so it's bigger on the inside, but you have to fit through the mouth. But later we'll find out that that's not true. Anything can be like sucked through it because. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's at, magic. At, first, at first I was like, how the fuck do you get that giant goddamn bird in there? And then like there's a giant like like glowy rapey rhino thing. It's magic. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. There's I think this is called a thunderbird, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um. Um, I mean, if he can use magic to suck the jewel thief platypus through the air, why wasn't he doing that in the bank? I mean, why wasn't he doing a little uh, Accio Niffler? Yeah. 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 We don't know why. Yeah. Seems like it'd be real easy to do. Yeah. Accio Niffler. Title. Are you a wizard or what? Yeah. Um, he makes a mention to, to Jacob that like, oh, put on this stupid helmet because your skull is perceptible to damage from high velocity blows or whatever. It's like, isn't yours? Yeah. Well, somewhere in here, he's like, oh, by the way, don't touch that, Jacob. That's an Obscurus. Allow me to exposition a little bit. This might be important later. Yeah. Obscurus is uh, some sort of 
dark magical energy that it is created when a, a wizard or witch is like repressed in their magical abilities and typically it kills children by the time they're 10 years old i mean it's children but it's like teen angst embodied essentially yeah and the he's somehow captured an obscurial in like this bubble <laughs> we find out later that it can't it, it can't live outside of it yeah. Although I feel like that information probably should have come sooner. It's a shit that Love Simon is dealing with that he has to uh, fight mm-hmm. in the plot of his movie. Um, so they they go to Central Park to hunt down the glowy rhino thing. Um, the cuts to the rhino's face. Is it trying to make time with Jacob? Is it trying to like mate with him? I think this was supposed to be like funny. Like it oh look look, look at all like the weird like shaking his ass dances that Scamander's doing. Yeah. And like he's like coming out of his shell, but only you know to deal with animals or something like well, that. Well, he sprays you know? like whatever like glowy rhino like axe body spray all over himself at one point to like attract it. But then like it starts like hunting down Dan Fogler. And I know I've seen this movie before, but I was like, is this rhino trying to like? Is the rhino's <laughs> horny, man. Dan it, it smelt the uh, the pheromones there. It smelt the better plot. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the plot, we don't care about Ezra Miller is getting whipped. With what? his own belt. Well, okay, so then we got to like a political rally. Don't after care. The, but like, what time is this rally happening at? The girls have gone to bed. The boys have gone into the magical suitcase. They've gone out to Central Park. And at they night. go to bed at like eight o'clock at night or uh, something. Maybe this rally is like a midnight rally. It's, it's like it's winter in New York City, even though there's no snow out. And yeah, yeah they've gone to bed at like six o'clock. But so yeah, the the center for New York, I guess this is like, uh, um, oh shit. Uh, they're doing a Citizen Kane thing. Yeah, yeah, but what's the uh, what's the prohibition time? So I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's coming out strong. It's like the odious saloons and the pool Would halls that be the and the private parlors. Would that be the platform of a New York senator in the 20s? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. You'd be more like shaking your fist at that Theodore Roosevelt. Um, yeah. So the whole time I'm like, why is Grindelwald putting up with this like American bureaucratic bullshit? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand what his, his ultimate end game is and why he needs to be the head of magical law enforcement at Makusa yeah. in order to do it. Yeah, so we get like the magical federation of planets happening. Tina could just wander into that. Well, the, she figures out the dudes have gone, so she takes off. And Queenie, you see if she feels a little betrayed yeah. that uh, Kowalski left too. Yeah, so like she brings, like Tina brings the suitcase in. Um, Newt pops out. He pops out with a nomad. Well, after she's like, they go down inside to like take care of the creatures or something. And she just like fucking picks up the suitcase because she like found them. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I'm just going to take this right into the like the magical UN right now without even talking to my dude or anything. Right, right. So she served them dinner. She's given them room and board. And now she's going to turn them in. And we're not supposed to dislike her. Like she expressly needs a line to be used in the trailer, which is a wizard came into the country with blah blah blah. Um, and this is when I was like first noticed that like uh, Graves can do like hand magic, where he just like grabs the case. Nobody and- reacts to it. No. Oh, do we mention that Senator Shaw died? He died. Yeah, the, the obscurious obscurial or obscurious whatever well, in killed like him. A moment that could have been more interesting to me is there's the giant Citizen Kane, you know, hanging poster behind him, and the obscurious like cuts the fuck out of it, like the face of it. And then it cuts the fuck out of his own face. And it's like it could have been interesting to see the mirrored attack, but sure. no. 
Um, John Voight's very upset. Yeah. Yeah. So no security at this Federation thing. Well, just, meanwhile, you or the viewer are like, what the fuck? This is like seemingly the only reason this Shaw storyline is in here so that it can escalate things with Makusa to be yeah. like, oh no, this is what a breach of magical law. You know, yeah. like you, you killed a U.S. senator, you know, happens pretty all, big deal. Happens all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we get the Magical Federation. So we get a moment here where some of the Brits can be like, oh, shit. Is that a Scamander boy? <laughs> no, you're thinking of his brother. That's the lame one. Yeah, the, the, the brother who's a war hero. This is the lame one. Um, so Graves takes them off both. Uh, well, Scam- Scamander immediately recognizes that like this is an Obscurial did this, but they're just like, what is Pickery's line? The the magic president. She's just like, you go too far. Or something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. You're like, why? Why yeah. did she go too far? Like, yeah. what what's the drama that we don't understand? Right. Um, so Graves is gonna like interrogate them. Uh Magical Court, we learn, has no due process. Nobody batted an eye at him doing hand magic. Nope. I, I don't know. Nope. Um Yeah, so while he's interrogating he's like the judge, jury, and executioner. And he's really good in this scene, uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. He's really good in the scene. Uh, he makes mention that as he's like going through Newt's file that he's been thrown out of school. So I'm like, what level of education does this idiot actually have? Can he write his own name? I know he's writing textbooks and stuff, but can he actually write? Magic zoologist. Yeah, but I mean, well, they they learn to read and write before they go to school. Okay, but he didn't he didn't like, get a degree from Hogwarts. I'm I'm assuming. I mean, you don't get degrees from Hogwarts; you get owls. But I would guess that he has owls, but not Newt's match. Um, that I would I don't know I don't know what the canon is on that but it seems like he he was there for a while but didn't graduate okay got thrown out in like sixth or seventh year I would guess um, the detail that I almost think is not played upon enough is there's these bizarre like matrons of death that guard these two the, the fucking execution scene what the fuck it's dark what is going on David Yates dark as fuck it's what like, movie uh, do you wish you were making because you're getting weird it looks like well it's basically like a drained pool where they put you in like a memory pool they take a memory out they throw it into the pool they drown you in and like kind of it's like this weird acid that like like T1000 acid yeah but it's like you'll be living your favorite memories right up until the moment you die well also so, and like the cre- creepy nurses who are just smiling the whole time yeah. well so one of them is African-American and mm-hmm. she's like, don't that look good? Because you're being thrown to like a pool of your own memories. Like your life is literally flashing. You'd be like incinerated. Away. Yeah. It, it's psychotic. Like the, the nurses that are doing this are like way too cheerful to about to murder two people. So it's like, I don't know if I need more of it or a lot less of it. I need, I need less of it. This is not, this is fantastic beasts and where to find them. This should be a fun movie about magical creatures not like oh here's like this insane like fascist execution chamber i feel like whatever whimsy they thought this series was going to have they threw out because the second one is called the grimes of grindelwald that scene is completely psychotic i don't know what it's doing in the movie it's way too dark for this movie it is like black-hearted so this is uh we're now at the next day so basically tina's gone out in the middle of the night to hunt these two guys down they've ended up in jail they're about to be killed the next day, Queenie has come to work. She is wearing the exact same outfit she wore the night before. Yeah, she's showing a lot of skin, I feel like, for the 1920s. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, it's like she just like the office sex pot. She's like a, a secretary for somebody, it seems like. Or, I don't know, just like an office assistant. Well, she's the girl that everyone hits on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of these characters only have one outfit, of course. Well, what, what are we going to make of the bit where 
she's she's got them all in the case and she stopped by that one guy who hits on her and she's he's like oh what's in the case I mean, what you got in there and she's like oh just lady things you want to see them and, and he's he, like oh shit get that like, away from me what, what is that i don't know what you don't have a suitcase full of tampons guy mm-hmm. whatever 1920s tampons are like although if she did whoa go to the doctor um yeah so she gets a new outfit and she sneaks them out of magical hq uh, we get another like in another movie. The scenes between Graves and Percival might have been hot. Like, call me by your magical name. Um, Graves and Percival. Yeah, Graves and Percival. What? Well, like they're, they're just they're close. Oh, I know who Graves is. They're, I know who Percival is. Oh, what did I say? Uh, what's the guy's name? I, yeah, uh, Ezra Miller. Credence. I'm okay. sorry. I don't know why I keep saying Percival. Um, like they're weird, like alleyway caresses and stuff. It gives them the Deathly Hallows yeah. symbol. Yeah. Well, it, it the way that is framed, it is expressly for you, like Potterheads, to be like, oh shit, he's got the. I wouldn't give this to anyone. Puts it around his neck. Uh, well, what's with the uh, the swooping evil little yo-yo beast that uh, Scamander has? That thing just does everything. Like in oh, the second half of this movie, the flying thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's doing everything. It rescues her from the the crazy death execution chamber. It's like blocking spells left and right and like taking out a bunch right. of auras at once. Yeah. He's going to defeat Grindelwald with it later. Yeah. And he just keeps it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. He's got like, he's got five magical creatures on his person at any time, which is creepy. Um, so they go to a magical speakeasy because they're on the run now. Yeah. This is so dumb because they like, they need leads or something. The only visual bit that I like from the movie, I should put it in one of my top moments, is the um, illustration on the door that they knock on. It's like it's a comic illustration of a woman's eyes and her eyes move like animated wise. And then it's like pulled away to show like a guy staring through the, the yeah, slat. Through the eyes. Um, so they, the ladies change outfits to more befitting of the speakeasy. Uh, Newt just like ties his tie. Well, he like magically ties, magically his, tie. ties his tie. Yeah. Um, so they go in, they're like, they're like patrons at this thing. We see like uh, Elvish Josephine Baker dancing around doing a thing. Yeah. Um, that, Tina's, was, that was creepy I felt like yeah it was really creepy um, Tina's like oh, I arrested half the people here and like no one cares no, no one, one cares. gives a fuck poor Tina somehow we don't see it but like her hair and makeup get done between scenes which is nice about this movie is that Ron Perlman finally has a role that requires like no makeup or anything gets to just be himself and like mm-hmm. let his hair down doesn't have to spend any time in the makeup chair no no not at all no CGI he's like the uh, informant He's crime like guy underworld. This is dumb. He has fingers stupid. that are bent backwards, which is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It's some sort of like, oh, I'm going to trade you my bow truckle for information. Oh, thanks. Here's the information. Oh, you want to know one more thing? Too bad. I called the magic cops on you. What? Yeah. It's which they're therefore poo pooing my reward. Is, yeah. This is like 10 minutes. You could have cut out of the movie yeah. and not missed it all. Have we talked about the older sister in the Salem family? Like how creepy she is. Oh, um, like chastity. I think it is. Oh, God. Yeah, chastity and modesty. She's like, don't dump your flyers because I'll know because I drink blood. I guess she's like your, she's your dark horse candidate for the the mysterious yeah. dark horse. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, maybe it's not Ezra Miller and it's not the creepy younger sister, but the older one right. might know more than she lets on. They find a wand, which I guess is the little sister's. I think it's Ezra Miller's. But he so, finds it. Like, so, what is he doing? No, 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 no. He finds her playing with it. Hmm. And he says, where did you get this? And she says, oh, it's just a toy. It's fine. Hmm. I think it's but basically he's hidden his wand. And she's found it. Okay. Um, so Why the just run away. 
Yeah. The invisible. They not have like go to Ilver Morning, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So the invisible creature that we've seen periodically, but not really throughout the movie, we find out that it's one of the Fantastic Beasts that's escaped to play babysitter to one of the other Fantastic Beasts. That's like a giant snake. It's like thing. this weird little like wings winged snake invisible chameleon like monkey thing. Yeah. Is yeah Who taking can see care the of this like flying snake. Well, it's like. Which is it? You can see the future or you can turn invisible? Yeah, both. Mm. That's fucking amazing. Um, he sees like probabilities or something. Yeah, this is just another like, it's kind of boring. You're well, like, yeah, yeah, okay, you catch another creature, whatever. It's a dumb action sequence, but it's, it's classic this movie. Just like a lot of bricks and yeah. bookshelves getting knocked around. CGI. Mm-hmm. And we don't know this creature can like fit any space until it needs to and then it does. A lot of the movies like that. It's like well, I know that you can do this because I just found out like seconds before you actually did it. Um, so they all go into the briefcase and uh, Queenie's kind of inspecting uh, Newt's shit. And we get the obvious setup for future stuff. It's like Zoe Kravitz and the Lestranges. This scene, and this maybe should have been in my top moments, this movie needed more of this. Like having some witches and wizards kind of like talking about their schools and kind of being like, oh no, Ilvermorny's better. Oh, I'm sorry, you haven't heard of Hogwarts or whatever. I think you're fine. Like, yeah. Just like, witches and wizards being witchers and wizards and like talking to each other like it was like oh this is good why isn't the movie more like this well but the problem is is the some of the moments that should work don't where she's magically talking from based on his thoughts mm-hmm. about Lita Lestrange yeah where she's just like she was a taker you need a giver and it's like I don't know I don't trust him I don't mm-hmm. trust his take on their relationship does uh, poor Patina seem like a giver to you no mm-hmm. well whatever she's given I'm giving back um so graves kind of breaks up with uh uh, he calls him a squib because he he thinks that the young girl is the power or something so the weird cat man who becomes a fray in uh game of thrones he's a squib right and uh the the caretaker oh yeah he's a squib okay Mm -hmm. um yeah so graves finds the little girl and it's like he thinks that she's the obscurest turns out she's not it's uh, poor, broken-hearted Ezra Miller the whole time. Although, are they related? It's unclear. Maybe no. She, maybe she could be a witch when she grows up. I don't know. Oh, maybe, maybe. But they've they, gone... they, their last names are the same on IMDb. I know their last names are um, it's uh, it's a dumb name. What is it? Well, because they've been adopted by Samantha Morton. Oh uh, yeah, maybe it's all like Barebone. I think yeah, Barebone is their last name. Ooh. Credence Barebone, Modesty Barebone, and Chastity Barebone. Bad name. Um, yeah. So where they've tracked her to is the orphanage that Samantha Morton got her from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find it, out it's like Grindelwald, you know, Grace. He, he nags uh, Ezra Miller until he finally unleashes the beast, pretty much. Yeah, and it just causes a lot of like murky, drab CGI oh. havoc. Grave says you can control it, and uh, Ezra Miller's like, I don't think I want to. And it's That's like, exactly how he sounds. Yeah, like. and it's like okay. Well, why doesn't the Obscurio kill Graves immediately? You've know. just hurt yeah. his feelings in a serious way. Can an Obscurio kill a wizard the same way it can a muggle? It's unclear. Um, yeah, so this I black say, ooze. I really like all the scenes inside his suitcase because there's um, there's red and green yeah. in them. You know, there's other colors besides yeah. blue and, and brown. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the CGI look of the... Um, 
obscure. I think it's very interesting. I hate it personally. I think the concept is interesting. I th- I agree with you though that this should not be the primary antagonist. How many minutes of this movie are you just watching a fucking cloud? Yeah. move around. Did that, that becomes a problem? So they end up in like the subway, and at one point Graves is basically like, uh, "I owe you an apology. I was just using you until I saw that like your teen angst was hot as fuck, daddy." Um, and this is where. Like two hours into the movie, Newt's commander shows up and he finally meets um, Ezra Miller. And he's just like, like mumble mouth, like, hey, it's okay. Work with me or whatever. It's like, you've just met him. You're the main character and he's one of the main villains. He's empathetic, yeah. But it's like, why couldn't you met 45 minutes ago? What did you think of the magical G-Man look of all like the leather trench coats? For a long time, the movie's so dark that they just look really boring. Eventually, you see that it's like brown leather. Yeah. So they stand out a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan. It's not. I feel like they should have gone for like Pinkerton or something. Or I don't know. I guess the the witches and wizards in the U.S. aren't into the whole robes thing. You need to be more ceremonial, you weird fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, It's. It's not an enlightened period, sure, but it's not like they're going for when we say dark. It's not like this is a film noir thing, which also wouldn't make that much sense in the twenties. No, ten years later, maybe, but um, yeah. So, so two hours in the movie, these two characters meet. John Voight fucking shows up again with his stupid storyline. Well, have we talked about um, Gray's? He has like this weird, like white lapel situation. Going oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's it. What the the jacket? The um, he's got some sort of like weird trench coat robe situation happening. Yeah. Well, like, uh, he's got the same, I think we found, I saw something with Grindelwald later, where it's like he has the boots and his pants are tucked into the boots. And it's it's very weird. But so John Voight shows up on the street, like common man of the people rioting outside. He's taking pictures of this whole situation. Can you obliviate pictures? Sure. It's magic. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. They, they try to talk Credence down, but then Makusa Aura show up and just blast the dark cloud into oblivion. Yeah. And seemingly he dies, but somehow he doesn't because he's in the next fucking movie. There's a little bit of a fight with Grindelwald. Like, I I guess part of it is like Grindelwald is just like thrashing Newt so much. Isn't that kind of like what brings Credence back? I, like, I think there's a little bit like that. Um, that, that like Credence like trips out again because he can't contain it anymore. When the president shows up and she has all her auras surrounding her i noticed dominique tipper from the expanse is one of the auras she <laughs> also had a minor like maybe no lines role in vampire academy mm. um yeah so then they do a spell where percival graves turn is it percival graves yes i keep fucking it up where graves turns just utterly fucking hideous like his face turns all pale and old and gross his hair is all white he's got this weird bleached mustache it's like they uh cgi this hideous old man who maybe used to be like uh, something um, they could just cast an actor. Expecto Deparo. <laughs> um, but like, he's got that gross like mustache and like his like the mustache, the bleach mustache is just like ew. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess they're trying to do a thing where like he's used so much dark magic, he's starting to look a little less than human. But like, did you have David Bowie eyes before? And like the the old man one, did he have David Bowie? Probably eyes? not. Okay. Um. Yeah, there's the bit where. Uh, New, new to save the day because it was like swooping evil little thing. He's captured Grindelwald and Makusa president is like, I owe you one. And then like two seconds later, she's like, oh, you're a muggle. You got to obliviate that guy. Well, no, it, the problem is 
it, Newt doesn't call in the favor. Newt, Newt is never like, hey, you said you owed me one. He's like, nah, I'm going to keep that in this my back pocket. This needs to be the end of sneakers. You know what I mean? Where all they do is to call in the favors. Yeah, yeah Newt's just like, no, I'm going to save that one. Yeah. I might need it later. Sorry, man. Sorry. What, actually have this I'm scene? your friend. Yeah, there's this whole scene where it's like, oh, why you, Why did I come along? Well, just because I like you. You're my friend. Yeah. Um, so Johnny Depp has two lines, which one is the, do you really think you can hold me? To which the president says, we're going to try. Okay, great. Um, and then as he's passing Newt, he says, won't we die just a little bit? It's like, I'm sorry, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. It's not enigmatic enough to like really get me curious. It just makes me angry. I just, I hope in the next movie, we at least get a lot of German accents or people call him like Grindelwald, you know? So they use the magical bird to do memory to magically fix everything that like they've do, broken and like well they do like basically they do. roofie rain yeah um and then the, the wizards go around like fixing all the architecture but it's basically like all the drama you think we just started we just fixed but so then they do copious shots of people inside homes also forgetting shit and so basically it's like as long as you're touching water inside you're drinking water or taking a shower sure because it went into the the rain gutters and into the water but yeah they really set up magic cops in new york are basically janitors they're just going around like fixing buildings and mm-hmm. stuff putting a lot of bricks back into place um none of them are dauntless i'm not sure what the situation with the elder wand is supposed to be in this it doesn't look like percival Graves is using the elder wand but the age of grindelwald when he steals the elder wand would seem to be younger than this right and so I don't know because he is either like Newt stops him, Porpentina takes his wand away. One of those two mm-hmm. should now be the true owner of the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they resolve that. But is it the Elder Wand in his hand? It doesn't look like it. Okay. As far as I can tell, it's hard. You don't really get a close up shot, but it doesn't, to me at least, look like the Elder Wand. It doesn't have like the weird little like bubble ridges things. Definitely Hallows a special edition part two where now you have to like CGI something with uh, um, Alan Rickman or especially Alan Rickman where he's like let me give you the complicated history of everyone who's owned the Elder Okay Wand. yeah that's definitely not the Elder Wand so I don't I don't know how they explain this. But you're or, sure he should have it now? Either they're going to retcon it and be like oh that looks like a teenager who stole it but he was actually 40 you know or they're In- gonna interpretive memory or they're going to say, like, oh, no, the Elder Wand's allegiance is with Newt now, but he's going to lose it in a later movie back to Grindelwald. Or do you ha- can you only use one wand? Like, if you, if well, you no, win you can, the allegiance... You can the use Elder- more than one, but the allegiance is singular. Okay. Like, you can... The, like, Harry uses other wands for a while, even though the... Uh, like, or he's using Draco's so wand, even though the Elder Wand has a sphere of influence is worldwide. It knows whenever you've essentially lost a magical combat, regardless of whatever wand you were using. What you're saying? I guess so. Yeah. See, the, the guess so is where the wiggle room is. Can't you use two wands at once? Fuck you, bitch! I got two wands. Okay, so well, no, because in Harry Potter, Voldemort takes the Elder Wand, but meanwhile. Harry has stolen Draco's wand away, and the Elder Wand knows that its allegiance was to Draco, and then the allegiance passes to Harry, even though the Elder Wand is not there to like witness that okay. or whatever, you know. So it knows whose allegiance has it. Okay. At what time? Let's add another uh, one thousand whatevers to your five K tweet. Yeah. Oh, those people. 
doing some real Potterheads. So I don't know how they, it's either going to be like a retcon or it's going to be like, oh, don't worry. It'll, it'll go back to Grindelwald eventually. So you had a hot take a few episodes ago with Star Wars where you're like, let's not do a trilogy. Let's do five movies. Mm -hmm. I would say the reverse here. Let's not do five movies of this. Yeah. Tight three. Well, flabby three. All right. Well, let's, let's close out. Oh, so, so this movie and then as Newt leaves, he finally wraps some goddamn twine around his suitcase. God, you fucking idiot. I hate this yeah, guy. Couldn't have fixed that the first time. Um, there's no chemistry between Tina and Newt. So make one change. Well, it would say Jacob gets the last look of the movie. That's that's what cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Is he's had his memory erased. All of his bakery stuff, like Newt shows up again to give him the silver eggshells to use to buy his bakery. He, he needs makes, collateral for a loan, even though it's like with all that silver couldn't you just exchange that for money yeah, instead of a loan? You're well off to open your bakery now. But all of his his pastries look like Fantastic Beasts. And Queenie shows up to see if he like remembers her. And they share a little look and he smiles. And it's like, again, he's the star of the movie. And these two have chemistry. Their love story I buy so much more than Tina and Newt. Anyway, uh, make one change. I wouldn't make this movie. This, yeah. movie, this movie is not necessary. No, that's your change? Um. I don't know, man. You got to do something to bring it to, to, to show me something that makes like this seem necessary. You know what I mean? Like drop an anchor in the fucking ocean where I'm like, fuck yeah, this has to happen. And I don't, I don't see that here. And I, it seems like you're coming up a blank too. No, I mean, I have something. It's a pretty big change okay. and it would require some fine tuning, obviously. But my change would be, I would, I would get out your scalpel and I would excise the entire obscurial plot entirely. Okay. I would just, jettison that okay like the 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 kind of like theme of repression there is so ham-handed that like it i don't know i just thought it was so overdone it's not even worth keeping in right and i i think your movie is just newt's commander chasing some magical beasts and personal graves like using this as an opportunity to kind of uh advance his you know anti-muggle policies or you know whatever like you you tie him into the magical beast stuff you don't need any obscurals you don't need credence Right. You don't need the Shaws or any of that. That's fair. And that that's just your movie. Yeah. He's got the match cops after him. He's got, you know, the Aurors after him. Somehow he manages to bring Porpentina over to his side. You got Kowalski and Queenie, and they're just chasing down the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't need to be as complicated. Which, which is weird is if you watch the trailer, the original trailer, you know, I was like, yesterday, a man, you know, right. brought a suitcase. It's like, we don't really need the whole fucking obscurial shit. That's not right. Yeah, you could have done without it. Yeah, I feel, I feel that. Um, you could have you could have just said that Grindelwald wants one of those beasts to continue his his evil schemes rather than wanting an obscurial. So basically, cut the obscurial altogether. Yeah, I mean that that would be my one change. Just get rid of that entirely. I mean Ezra Miller is a good actor. He spends this whole movie just like whimpering. It's a waste. Um, if you really wanted him in the movie, I think you just you could do a thing where like, oh, unlike the UK, there's no um, there's no social services structure in America set up to help poor people. So he doesn't have money to go to Ilvermorny. So he's like a street wizard or something. And Grindelwald, is, you know, Graves is trying to like recruit him and groom him to be one of his dark wizards. And there you fit him in there. You don't need the obscure old plot line. You don't need like the weird repression evil you know say anti-salem 
school marm lady. You don't need the shahs. Like you can you can get by without it. Now maybe this is J.K. knows that like in movie four she's gonna need what she's laid down here. I don't know, but for this movie it just stood out as like just totally dissonant. You know, I guess I trust her to write the book version of this. Um, I wish she'd done that. I wish it's I'm like not, give us the books. I'm not loving what's coming out in the movie. Well, yeah. I feel like couldn't you write the book and just be like, this is also gonna come out in movie form. You know, like six months later. People would fucking love it. Also, it's just leaving money on the table. Yeah. People would, oh, there's books? Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, Power rankings. Uh, I got 10. I got 10. Barely. I, yeah. Seriously. My number 10, I put him in just because of the controversy. Johnny Depp. You just put Johnny Depp? Okay. Yeah. I put Credence at number 10. Okay. I just couldn't stand his character. Okay. Uh, just whimpering the whole time. Uh, number nine, I've got Tina's giant fucking hot dog. I almost put Tina's hot dog in here. If I had, that would have been higher. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to put uh, Jacob's uh, pastries. They look good. Those pastries look good. That hot dog could have been such a good visual joke and a perfect <laughs> introduction to just the brass balls New Yorker, Tina Port, you know, Tina Goldstein there. Well, I feel like. You could do something where America is more charming, kind of like the English Wizarding Society is, because it's not like this is a Pleasantville where Newt's commander brings in a dash of color because yeah. he sure as fuck doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, would you put his number nine? I had Gellert Grindelwald at number nine. Okay. Um, man, just just imagine what he could be if they had a better actor playing him, like yeah. Skarsgård. Um, I mean, who would who, let me ask you this? Who would you cast? I don't know. I'm thinking about that. I yeah, to me, as much as I like Skarsgård, um, which you know, everyone don't go see Mute or don't watch Mute. That was bad. What's What's really weird? I forced myself that? to watch that. It's first of all, it's long mm. and bad. What's really weird to me about the Skarsgård thing is that David Yates directed a movie with Alexander Skarsgård. Tarzan. Tarzan. Yeah. Did you just not like him or something? Well, I don't. Wasn't there like a lot of problems there and he basically threw away the post-production to rush this? He he pieced out on the post-production, I think, yeah. I mean, by the way, he is good in Mute. Paul Rudd is good in Mute. There Skarsgård is a can do I'm evil but charismatic and he kind of like me even yeah. though I'm a bastard, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, he can twinkle in his eye, evil in this. He can do the long hair. Oh, shit. Hey, sport. It's <laughs> the new me. What do you think? You like it? Um, my number eight is. The oh no, you never said. Do you have a casting? Oh choice no, I, it, there's got to be some kind of big name, slightly older actor. Does he need to be older? When I, is when is the what year is the Elder Wand swiped? I mean, would you say that Skarsgård is noticeably younger than Jude Law? I feel like that range, Jude, the Jude Law range, is you know you can make that work. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't know who else you'd cast. We, yeah, well, theoretically somebody germanic or you know at least european capable of doing the accent mm-hmm. yeah um my number eight is john voight and his whole family and their storyline tied with samantha morton and her whole family and her storyline i had so little respect for their storylines they did not make the cut for me i i i went through three different drafts of these top 10 <laughs> this is the one that stuck. i really wish i put the hot dog on here now <laughs> there's still time 
<laughs> my number eight, and really this maybe should be the hot dog, was a Serafina Pickery, a Makusa president. Okay. She's there. She should have been on mine. I like her look, I guess. Um, she's not much of a character. She's just, she's not Dumbledore because she doesn't have, she doesn't have that vibe that Dumbledore has where when she shows well, up, all is well. The way Dumbledore. But you can't, I don't think you can compare her to Dumbledore. You have to compare her to like the random like ministry. I mean, I guess, folks that would show up in the she doesn't movies. seem as bad as Fudge, I guess. Yeah, you know, she like Fudge like turned out to just be like a venal, like corrupt little like tiny man, you know. Like yeah. so, she's not. I guess she's maybe like Fudge in book two. But I think that those those old white British guys are doing much more like chewing of the scenery mm-hmm. and making sure that you're going to remember them in some hideous way. And this actor is playing it very low key for the most part. You know, she has an interesting look and not enough else. And she is a welcome splash of color in this story. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they could have done more with just like, how is Makusa different from the Ministry of Magic? You know, like what? Give me the American flavor, basically. And more hot dogs. Yeah. We should get hot dogs. I'm totally into hot dogs. You got a hot dog place around here? I'll Google it. I'm I'm sure somebody throws hot dogs around here. Burbank dogs? Yeah. Um, wait, number seven. I put number. I put number seven. I put Ezra Miller. Uh, I feel like I have to interrogate myself for why I put him here. Um, I don't think he's bad for what little he's doing. In places, he's, he's doing what he can with the material. Yeah, yeah. He's got such a fucking bizarre filmography. This actor. Um, it, it really seems like. People are like, wow, that that is a good young actor. It's a good young American actor. We don't have a whole lot of those. A whole lot of good male Male, actors. Male actors, yeah. Yeah. And they want to use them, but they just don't. They they cast them in weird roles. Well, let's take that back. before Put down the tweets, ladies and gentlemen. There are plenty of young male actors. They are all squeezed out of a tube, and they're all pretty much generically the same. Yeah, yeah. We have some fantastic young female actors who are not getting roles. This dude is not your Sam Worthington, your Jai Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's an interesting actor. He's an actor who I would not have suggested, hey man, you should go be the Flash in like the Titanic of a franchise. I mean, he should have been like Spider-Man if he was going to be a, a yeah. comic book character. Yeah. Which makes so they're like, feel, well, let's just make the Flash Spider-Man. Let's then. just say now how bad we feel for Ava DuVernay joining the DC <sighs> pantheon. Does she not have a good friend who's like, you're being set up for failure? I don't know. I... I just, I don't see how that can become a success. Just get it, get it as far away from whoever's been making the decisions mm-hmm. in the DC movies thus far. What's your number seven? My number seven was Porpentina Goldstein. Okay. She is not super compelling as a character. Mm-hmm. She starts to warm up a little at the end. And then it, like, you can really see her like, trying to get into newt and he's just like anyway i'm gonna peace out yeah and she's like wow um my number six do you is, think they have magical vibrators what was what point were they really dealing with hysteria was that that was in victoria oh, yeah that was earlier yeah i mean there could be a whole magical road to wellville do you think i should cut this out no okay you ever see road to wellville no, because uh, I, I saw that as a child. My my older sister was like, "No, 
That's that, that's not what you think. That movie broke me. <laughs> I'll bet. That movie is but also that was the start of me thinking okay, Ferris Bueller is beloved for good reason, but Matthew Broderick might be a demon in like a pudgy human form who's made that was like probably, he's like a candy that like lures us into like a weird gingerbread house in the woods. I probably started feeling about him then the way I feel about Jason Bateman now where like ever since I watched Juno, I just feel a little weird about him. Like it's hard for me to totally buy in that he's like a protagonist, like like in Game Night. Like I I like that movie, but like I couldn't totally root for Jason Bateman because there's something about him that I feel like Broderick, Broderick has as well. Broderick fucking wishes he had an Ozark mm-hmm. to rest on his laurels. Like, hey, oh no, the mob is gonna get me. Is that your Bateman or is that that's your my Broderick? Broderick? Okay, that's my Broderick, and it is bad, but yeah, that's like Bob Dylan, but accurate bad. Oh no. That was definitely not Bob Dylan. Not Bob Dylan. Oh. <laughs> no, I think that was Caleb, actually. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the mob is going to get me. The times, they are a-changing. Hannah, save me. Lay, 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 lay. Let's go to Arkansas and money launder. On my big brass bed. Uh, what are we at? Number six? Sure. Oh, I said mine. Did I say mine? Mine was Tina. Oh, yours is Tina? Okay. Number six is Tina. I... I don't know what's fucking wrong here. I don't know if it's the writing, the direction, or the actor. It's all bad. She's- I think it's I think it's miscasting personally. I think this is another Warner Brothers move where they're like, we need a good up and comer mm-hmm. who's like the the indie darling, Catherine Watson. Yeah, get her. You know, and it's like, did you think at all about who you were casting? Well, she's and partially it's the the character. She's the weakest part of the Steve Jobs movie. Um, I didn't care for her in the uh, P.T. Anderson. Uh, pinch on movie part of me wants to watch that again because some pta movies need two viewings but the other part of me is just like i don't like walking phoenix yeah 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 he ruined that movie um and i didn't see the alien movie del toro in that movie is fucking great though oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and maybe even maybe brolin yeah no everyone else is good in that movie i feel like except for i i I can't get behind walking phoenix i i feel like that movie should have been a, a, a more uh, Altman esque. I almost said art, artsy. It should mm-hmm. been more Altman esque. Period. Big Lebowski. Yeah, is what it should have been, and it's not. Um, but I never saw the Alien movie that she's in. She's fine in it. Like she really she commits to it. Like mm-hmm. she does the short hair. She looks like like she you know kind of built up some muscles to kind of look like she's going for a little bit. A little bit Sigourney Weaver, a little bit, um, ah, what was the name of that character from Aliens I can't think of right now? Oh, uh, uh, I want to say like Hernandez? No, it's not that, but it's... Newt? I'll Google it. Anyway, she's... Newt? It's not Newt, no. Um, but... Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. Bill Paxson. <laughs> yes, exactly. Game Bill over, Paxson. man! Game over, man! Game over! R.I.P. She's... She's fine. It's not a good movie. Um, I, I have not liked her a ton in some movies. I do think she can be good though. Um, this this role was just bizarre. Mm. It's it's like they kind of wanted to go like twenties flapper with her, but then didn't really commit. Is she tough in the Alien movie? Yeah, she's pretty tough. So yeah. she can do tough. Yeah. So obviously the the issue here for part of uh, Tina. Is either direction or the conception before the actor shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just everything about her's not 
totally working for me. I almost kind of feel like you either need her or you need Newt. You know what I mean? Like you almost don't need both. They just they, they make an odd pair and not in like an opposite of tracks kind of way. No. But just yeah. I mean, talk about two actors slash characters I do not want to see Smash. Vasquez is the name I'm thinking Vasquez. of. Vasquez. I'm yeah. so sorry, I said Hernandez. Um but like I feel like you could have added some of the dialogue from Tina to Queenie and it would have worked just fine. Mm-hmm. So that's my number six. What's yours? All right. My number six is the swooping evil. That thing gets shit done. Yeah. It's basically like saves Newt's ass like over and over again. It's weird to like yo-yo beast there. There was a moment when we were rewatching it and she needs to leap out of the acid swirl thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it was just like me vaguely remembering or me hoping, but I was like, because it's like like flying around her like a circle. And I was like, jump and like you'll step right on its back and like you'll like leap and they do it. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like the one smart thing you did. Or maybe I just remembered it. Um, my number five, let me just say that a different iteration of this list did not feature this character at mm. all. I actually had to go back and force myself. Uh, my number five is Newt's commander. Okay. Um. I, I like you got to number one and you're like, oh, wait. Yeah, seriously. Uh, oh, I think my number one is not a shock to anyone who's listened to me ramble on thus far. Uh, I appreciate this character solely because he shows up and does more with his luggage than he does with his like magical, like occult phallus that like a lot of the other characters in this. Um, again, that video, which is the important masculinity of this commander, the something masculinity. I just had it up. Let me see if I can find it. It is called the fantastic masculinity of Newt's commander. That's clever. Yeah. Um, I watched about the first half of the video. I agree with a lot of what the guy is saying. It's all true. It doesn't, I disagree that the character isn't particularly important or watchable. Um, I think you can have all the elements he's talking about in that video and still write a character more active in the story that they're participating in i guess i would say and you know what you know what's kind of a i don't think we planned it this way but uh while killing time we watched about an hour of roadhouse earlier yeah that guy's not a hufflepuff no but there's a little bit going on there where he's not there are a lot of college essays to be written about masculinity and roadhouse oh roadhouse (laughs) is a fantastic western uh sure but like there's a guy who's like he's not too harmful in some regards, but he's still a very watchable character. But it's also it's partially casting. I just want to talk about Sam Elliott's Bush. I swear to God, if I could talk you in, and I think I've tried before, it would be a four-hour episode in Roadhouse. <laughs> I mean, I would go granular as fuck, macro and micro. Anyways, when you see Sam Elliott in Roadhouse, you're like, okay, I will never be as macho as that, so I don't need to try. That guy's the, the peak of masculinity. Yeah. And and John Locke's dad. Yeah. You know, somehow. <laughs> uh, what are we on? Number five? Yeah. The Niffler. Wow. That low, huh? That low. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Niffler is fun. I mean, it doing the poses and whatnot. Like, the Niffler of the Beast definitely takes a cake. Yeah. yeah. It's having fun. Um, so speaking of which, my number four is the Niffler. Mm. The Niffler needs to be like if you're some dumbass frat boy listening to this, you need to adopt the Niffler as a nickname, Toot Sweet. 
I would love to be like, oh shit, the Nibbler's here. Get him a beer. You know what movie we watched today? There's a character who'd call themselves the Niffler. Now you see me? Yeah. Who would that be? No, not that movie. Love Simon. Oh, 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 oh uh, Steve? Yeah. Our friend Steve, who's, mm-hmm. who's basically a character. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be the Niffler. <laughs> Number four, I had Newt's Commander. Um, when, he, when he's in his element, he's a great character. When he goes down into his, his pen or whatever and into the suitcase, he finally like wakes up mm-hmm. and he's like he takes charge and it's like ooh more of that please you know um but yeah he'd be higher if he just took more control of his own story so and that's one of the issues with the trailer for the new one is they're really highlighting the Jew law of it all and the shock factor of like the Johnny Depp like in prison you know who I don't fucking care about is Newt's brother yeah I I don't even know who's playing that I know he's in the trailer but... yeah they cast some dude but who cares but like you need to have the scene in your trailer where or at least one of these marquee characters looks to Newt like, what do you think, Newt? What should we do? Because even when uh, Dumbledore seemingly looks at him on the Paris rooftop, we don't even see Newt. It's still like like showing off. That's because uh, they know that Grindelwald's more interesting. you know, Or having Dumbledore. Yeah. Or no, sorry. Yeah, Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, my number three. I must want to switch this too. My number three right now is Queenie. Um, Alison Sudo is just so fucking charming. She, it, it's a perfect combination of she looks right in this role. People like her. I mean, you like her immediately. She's playful. She's, she's, she fits into this very limited perceived like setting. Um, I'm so, I, I know they bring her back in the next one and I'm so mm-hmm. glad. Very curious. She what, seems like just like super capable. Yeah. Yeah. For a musician. I and mean, she kind of saves the day. Yeah. She really does. So I'm all about Queenie. I'm on the Queenie train. Yeah, I'm looking right now at uh, the crimes of Grunewald. Who? Callum Turner is Theseus Commander. What's he been in? Here's IMDb here. What are we on right now? Number three? I think so. My number three is Percival Graves. Okay. Which you could maybe be higher, but um, I really like Colin Farrell in this movie. Colin Farrell, I was not a big fan of for a very long time. I have really liked him in this and in the in Much Maligned True Detective Season 2. Really? You like him in that? I like him in that. Okay. I did not like Vince Vaughn in that. Vince Vaughn, that might be his worst role ever. What about um, a, a Football Gambit? Uh, his I'm getting a blowjob but I don't want one face is iconic. I'm getting a, a blowjob but I don't want one and also I might have cut my own hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more roles for Rachel McAdams where her defining character trait is knives. Rachel McAdams is in Game Night. She is incredibly charming. Yeah. And you're like, Jason Bateman, huh? Mm. That second, well, the, both of them, but that second RDJ Sherlock Holmes is such trash because oh, you've got Rachel McAdams as Irene Adler and how can you shit the what, bed What should on you that? do when you have Rachel McAdams as Irene Adler? Oh, you should kill her off in like the first five minutes or whatever. It's not just shitting the bed. It's like having a bunch of your friends over to have a diarrhea party on the bed mm-hmm. of the movie. Diarrhea um, party. The title. <laughs> oh, people will fucking write in the streets and we're like, this is our fantastic beast pod. It's called <laughs> Diarrhea Party. Yeah, this uh Callan Turner. He looks like he's in like some BBC stuff or something. I don't know. I've never heard of this dude. What's it look like? He's in Victor Frankenstein in Green Room. Oh, what's he look like? He looks like that. He looks like some fucking boring ass white dude. 
Is he squinting in that IMDb picture? I can't tell. <laughs> um, so there's an interesting like after effect to our, our rankings. My number two is Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. You're right. He is fantastic in this. Um, somebody has to be. And I think he's, he realized that and stepped up. Colin Farrell, is, is he American? What? He's Irish. Is he Irish? Okay, because I was going to say he, he seems to possess the ability to adapt to kind of fantastical material in a way that a lot of actors don't, you know, like especially American actors. They don't know what to do. You know, they don't have that real Shakespearean training. Well, Colin Farrell seems like kind of a, a rough and tumble type of actor, but he can do the crazy. Well, I think so. When he started off, as far as uh, American audiences knew him, he was basically like the younger Irish Brad Pitt. And those are the roles he took. Mm-hmm. And then I think his personal life probably imploded. And then he came back, like having really been through some of the shit he claimed he had been through. And I think he learned he got to have some fucking presence. But I feel like he has a very American kind of method sensibility. Mm. And yet he can do Percival Graves and sell it and not ever seem like he's out of his element. Like some American actors struggle with that sort of thing. Yeah. You know? I would agree that elements of him in True Detective Season 2 are not bad. Well, I mean, his ending is the one that you really resonate with, I think. Yeah. Um, what is it? It's like uh, Rachel McAdams just like goes to... Uh, like she like has this baby South America, or doesn't she? Yeah. She goes to South America with like with some other lady. With someone, yeah, and has this baby. Yeah. So say we all. My number two is Queenie Goldstein. Word. A delight. Um, have you done Queenie already? Yeah, she's my number three. She's, three. That's, she's okay. the one I thought about switching. Yeah. Um, Queenie was, she's just like a fun character. And it's kind of funny that the two secondary characters are way more compelling than the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all around, like her, her whole persona is just more enjoyable. These two basically elevate the shitty material. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think our number one's probably the same then. Yes. Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski. I mean, he just, who would have thought that the muggle would be the one he cared yeah. about? But yeah, better he's, Ron. He's doing it right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's fun. He's kind of a dork, but he has, you know, he's got that kind of good hearted vibe about him. Well, he, in some cases, he has better lines because he's the so, so-called sidekick. Mm-hmm. Like uh, right at the very beginning there, like, so what are you here for? Oh, I'm the same thing as you. You're also trying to get a loan to open a bakery? Weird. He's definitely an audience avatar in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. You know? um, but, but not even fully. Like They don't even commit to that. I mean, I'm glad they're bringing him back in the next one. Like, I don't know why, how they explain that, but sure. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it because yeah. Scamander needs all the help he can get. I want him to have scenes with uh, Dumbledore. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not crazy about Jude Law's Dumbledore. It's fine. I feel like they could have done better, but. It doesn't. Jude Law is obviously he's the most promoted part of that trailer. He's, he's very Jude Law in it. He's very Jude Law. He's very successful. It seems like a different movie that I don't mind watching. Better tell you not... my casting for him. Who? You probably won't like this because it's not a big name. Okay. Uh, Ian Glenn. Oh, uh, uh, Jorah? Jorah Mormont. Yeah. Lord Friendzone. No, I'm into that. Okay. I'm into that. He's got kind of a weird nose like Dumbledore. Well, he's got an iconic voice too. Mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, who are you going to find that's going to be young richard curtis and also young uh what's his name <laughs> michael gambon yeah because yeah. when i think of michael gambon you know what sad thing is i lose him did you put your name in the cop of the fire 
I, I lose him in he Dumbledore. Said calmly. Dumbledore is like a whole other character in my mind. When I think of Michael Gambon now, I think of his role in Life Aquatic. You must swear, my darling, legally swear that you would not kill the shark. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I want him to be my lawyer. They're going to impeach you, darling. They are. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dan Vogler, Jacob, thank fuck he's coming back. Would you recommend this movie? No. I, I mean, if you're if you're really into the wizarding world, oh, obviously you're going to watch it. Um, if you had never seen a Harry Potter movie, nah. Yeah, I, I I feel like this would turn you off to the material in general. Hopefully, it gets better, but I don't. I mean, I, my only hope for uh, Fantastic Beast Two is that J.K. Rowling will have one script under her belt. She's she's maybe a little more familiar with the structure and whatnot. Yeah, I want her to be like. Time to fuck shit up. You know what I mean? Like crack those mm-hmm. knuckles and get going. Um, if I heard somebody say, I want to get into the Harry Potter movies, but I want to watch them in like chronological order, mm-hmm. I would jump in front of them in this movie like a like a Secret Service guy taking a bullet. Mm-hmm. Like like Clint Eastwood in, in the line of fire. Yeah. I saw that in the theater. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that rated R? Oh, yeah. High five. I yeah. saw some weird movies like Robocop 2. Crimes of Grindelwald. I mean, I, I guess you have Dumbledore and you have J.K. Rowling like getting a little deeper because I still I feel like they rewrote Fantastic Beasts halfway through shooting it. That's that is my personal theory is that they didn't know that they're making Grindelwald movies until like halfway through or something or like right before production. Um, it's not like David Yates is suddenly going to become a better director. If anything, he's going to get worse. So, uh, um. You want to talk about the trailer? Yeah. So you were saying that you think we're going to see little baby Voldemort by the fifth movie or something. I don't, Darth Voldemort. I don't think they will be able to resist the Tom Riddle cameo in one of these movies. Okay. Because the, the showdown with Grindelwald is in 45. I think that would be after Tom Riddle leaves Hogwarts, if I'm not mistaken. Because we were trying to do the math. The, I, mean, I can look it up on the wiki. The we were talking about like the Tom Riddle that I enjoy the most is Christian Coulson, I think is the actor's name in the, the, guy second, from the one. second one. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. The um Ralph Fiennes is like nephew or whatever who plays the little kid version of the orphanage in mm. five, six is pretty good. The teenage one in that movie I can't stand. So Grinwald is born that in nineteen twenty six. Create a horcrux. Yeah, so he'd be a teenager in the 40s. Um, my ex-girlfriend had a good recommendation for uh, young Voldemort or, you know, younger Voldemort. Him, Harry Lloyd, the guy who plays oh, um, yes. Viserys yes. in uh, Game of Thrones, like with, with dark hair. So uh, you just need those cheekbones, I feel like. You'll love this yeah. reference because you love all every time I bring it up. Uh, there's a Doctor Who episode called The Family of Blood of Harry Lloyd. I thought you said I would love this. Yeah. Yeah. Eat it. Um, Harry Lloyd in that he's just all relying on his weird face, his unblinking eyes, and his strange, strange voice. God, he'd be fucking amazing as uh, Voldemort. Tom Riddle began attending Hogwarts school in 1938. So yeah, if, okay. if the last movie's in 45, there's definitely room for a new peer. I don't think they'll be able to resist the kid. The was is his name Hero. The actor who's like Ray Fiennes is like nephew or whatever. I have no idea. He's got some kind of funny first like name. Hero H-E or H-I? I think it's H-E. Okay. Yeah, he's not Japanese. He's not uh, a hero protagonist. He's not hero protagonist. Yeah. Um, Like he's just like, 
walking salt fires off my mind or whatever. You know, he's like so British. <laughs> and then like the other two guys are so erudite. Uh, like they like they really lose their like thuggishness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fuck. Like so. Okay, we were talking about when uh, uh, young Tom Riddle's going out of his way to get its uh, Hagrid expelled. Mm-hmm. Like Volt or uh, 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 Dumbledore's already like in the weird robes and shit. But when he's recruiting uh, little baby Voldemort. He's in the suit and ties, but in, with the beard, in the book, unkempt beard. In the book, it is it is called attention to that when Harry's in the pensieve watching those memories, like, oh, weird, it's Dumbledore, but he's in like a suit, you know, he's like, and he's in like a crazy velvet suit, uh-huh. and he's like nice. somehow like super dashing, you know, nice. for that time period. Yeah, so it, he's just wearing like a fucking Tweety vest. Yeah, I need to see Jude Law dressed like Prince. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that costume change. Um, it seems like there's a lot of fucking characters in that trailer because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we got Scamander's brother, we got Lady Lestrange, and um, there's all these like R's, you know, and Harris, Dumbledore, um, plus all the old characters. I mean, well, they, they, no Graves, only Grindelwald now. They apparate onto the bridge, which I know you have no issues with whatsoever. Honestly, David Yates. I got like a fucking hundred tweets about that. That tweet blew up somehow. I don't know if you know this, but uh, J.K. Rowling actually wrote these movies. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Also, the midichlorians. It's a fucking joke. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) If you've read the goddamn books, it is amazing how many people tweeted at me who seemingly had not read the books. They're like, "Erm, Dumbledore apparated in Half-Blood Prince in the fucking movie he did. You are this close to being like one of those like angry um, sir um no, actually those angry like the movie, Star the Wars book. YouTube show guys mm-hmm. but like about Harry Potter and now me to tell you when the last Jedi was insulting to fans <laughs> the the ones what what's the one you made me watch where they did the fake one god that's fucking brilliant which fake one um it's the guys who do uh oh the nerd crew the nerd crew yeah uh, what is their thing, Mister Red Letter Media? Mister Plunkett, yeah, 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 and the half in the bag, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nerd Coffin, <laughs> the, new, the new thing that you can buy. Um, but yeah, a lot of characters. Why is Credence in this movie? I don't know. There's like a shot of him, like he's he's still alive. He's the Obscurus is still alive. He's like releasing it. He sucked. He should be dead. I don't. I guess there's like a few uh, spoilers. Freeze frame, like a certain shot. It, there's like it appears to be Grindelwald like looking at a family tree of the Lestranges yep. and it looks like Credence might somehow be like the half brother of Lita Lestrange or something like that I don't know it's weird how would he come back though <laughs> what magic I don't know magic of I, I, I of all the characters they could have brought back I don't understand it at all hmm. like it, nothing less shouldn't he just be off at fucking Ilverwarney? why is he in paris i don't know yeah um yeah dumbledore's not in robes i really want a new fucking director like david yates you've had six go away give somebody else a chance like what are you doing like is there no other movie you'd rather be making right now is there no passion project that you have well okay so go away again you'll love this you remember i don't know if you remember he announced years ago he was doing a doctor who movie and then everyone, including the BBC, was like, no, he's not. Whatever. Go do that. Go go do anything else. 
there's plenty of other directors uh, out there that could do Harry Potter. Speaking movie. for every fandom everywhere on the planet, we don't want him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go back to TV and go do like the BBC dramatization of like Cambridge Analytics or something. I don't know. <laughs> can you imagine if a like, Quaron came back for Crimes of Grindelwald? I'd be into it much more than I am now. Yeah, I would. I would really like to see it in one of these big franchises, like a master director do one of these movies. And I feel like, like what is the closest we've gotten to that would maybe, I don't know if I'd call him Ron Howard, a master director. No offense. He's a journeyman. Um, Ryan Johnson might be the closest, like a true artist, you know, like it would be nice to see a director who's not just like leaving the CGI to the effects house kind of thing. You know, we like, they're really going to get into it. Right. Coron would be somebody like that. There's a, uh, a British American, primarily TV director whose film credits are pretty bad, but she's really like proved herself on, on TV shows again. Uh, Rachel Tolele. Mm. I would like to see her take on something like this, the, to get back into kind of like that, what, what Kathleen Kennedy briefly did was like, let's take these hot up and comers mm-hmm. and give them something. But I think that she wouldn't like shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, open the door to somebody else. You have, you have presumably after Crimes of Grindelwald, you have three more of these, mm-hmm. and then I kind of think it's going to be a stretch to do more spinoffs. Well, then the original cast will be old enough to do Harry Potter. Your your Magic sequels, Cop. right? I mean, yeah, you get Emma Watson back sooner or we'll later. That's going to happen. Um, I like that the connective tissue in here is that Love Simon had the uh, like he realized he was gay because he kept having like, Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> sex dreams. <laughs> True, true. There's um, a lot of there's a lot of competition between the movies we're going to talk about. John Voight is in the uh, original terrible fucking Laura Croft movie. Oh, is he the dad? In that? He's the dad. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. So McNulty's an upgrade there. The fuck did I do? Yeah. Should we talk about Tomb Raider next? Get this yeah, out of the way. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. I mean, Fantastic Beasts of Crimes of Grindelwald. I don't know. It looks a little better, at least because it has Dumbledore in it. Yeah. I still don't care about Scamander's brother. I don't know why Scamander has to be the one to make a move against Grindelwald other than like Dumbledore doesn't want either one why can't one he? of two things. Either either Dumbledore doesn't want to because he knows he has like a personal connection there and he'll be vulnerable. Or it's some sort of Elder Wand business where it's like Scamander, you secretly have the allegiance to the Elder Wand so you can face him and you'll be protected by okay, magic. So part of their falling out is Dumbledore's sister dies? Is she already yeah, well, point? Some of the controversy with this movie is apparently they're not going to really address the homosexual relationship. Which is crazy to me considering rewatching this movie, how it is alluded to in those dark alleyways. True. At the same time, my impression of the books of like young Grindelwald and Dumbledore there was like Dumbledore had a crush. Grindelwald kind of like enabled that crush. Okay. I don't know how far that really went. Like, it definitely seems like Dumbledore was infatuated. It doesn't, at some point, like, I don't know how you wouldn't address their feelings for each other right. eventually in one of these movies. Because it's, <laughs> thank you for the hand motion. Yeah. Because um, it, it seems like Dumbledore would eventually, at the very least, grow to feel kind of like used by it. You know, yeah. so I don't know how you just like never mention it. I mean, I who knows? 
I'm curious. Do you think they're going to have a scene in this next movie? Grindelwald and Dumbledore? I, I, who knows what the fuck they're going to do with this movie? Yeah. I, I could see if they don't have a scene that it wouldn't come up. But if they have a scene, I feel like it has to come up. I would not put... Well, I mean, are we going to get like four movies now of Jude Law? You know what I mean? I guess. I mean, like, can you do one and done with Dumbledore? And he doesn't fit into Newt Scamander's story yet again. Well, no, but apparently the, the fifth movie will wrap up Grindelwald. So you have to bring back Dumbledore for that at the very least. What did you know about Newt Scamander before this movie? Like from He's the, the magic zoologist who wrote fantastic beasts and where to find them. Okay. So there was about nothing about creatures. how like, Holy shit guys. He was super fucking pivotal in the Grindelwald yeah, story. No, Like who is, who are these movies about then? It's apparently not about Newt's commander. That's why I think they changed their, dis- their minds halfway through the production or something because okay. the Newt's commander movie doesn't make sense to be a Gellert Grindelwald movie. I hope that the uh, climax of the fifth one is that somehow Jacob Kowalski just punches Grindelwald in the face. I mean, that's how Dumbledore got on his chocolate frog. You know, he's he's defeated Gellert Grindelwald in the famous you know wizarding duel of 1945. Like yeah. that kind of that has to happen. Anyway, Tomb Raider. Um, Marker. So that movie was not great. Uh, that was real fucking dumb. We sat through 25 minutes of trailers to see that movie i don't like alicia vikander so i'm gonna say that that was my my first thing going is the uh everything before so the i don't know if that's the first act the first the premium rush part of the movie there's a the 20 minutes of the movie that takes place in london where she's really into like like amateur boxing or kickboxing and then and she bike does messengering. bike messengering and then she goes off on adventures and she basically spends the rest of the movie on an island you know hunting down the first Japanese empress who might have been a demon. And the London stuff is not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Everything else about that after that is so half-assed and boring and just wrote. Like incompetent. Yeah. The, the plot in this movie, it's somehow worse than a video game. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really stupid movie where no scene flowed organically into the next. It had a bunch of real boring action sequences. There was never any real tension. Laura Croft was like a fucking moron in this movie. Like she is dumb. Well, it's, it's just like Laura Croft begins, but uninterestingly, mm-hmm. um, and you expect more from a director whose first name is roar. It's just like roar old thag or something. Or I guess you could say like you thug, you thug. Yeah, there's like a quote unquote twist in this movie where it's like, oh, the Death Queen is actually a carrier of a disease, and it's like, no, we got that already. We got that in the prologue. It was obvious. Yeah. Oh, a- anyone she touches dies. Hmm. Wonder what that could be. Yeah. So Dominic West is her dad. I really grew to not care about that relationship. He shows up alive, like the first. Of course, last, he's alive. Last yeah. two, he, he two thirds. To, he has to be alive so he can die later. Spoilers, by the way. Uh, Walton Goggins is sleepwalking through the villain role, like confusing. Walton Goggins. He's paying for his children's college tuition. Well, he, I support it. He's been stuck on this island because of her dad for seven years. She shows up, and he's like, "Finally, I have someone I can talk to." Because the loneliness has driven me crazy, and it's like you have a whole fucking militia there, army there and are slaves. 50 other people yeah. on this island, dude. It's 
there's plenty of people to talk to. Oh, we don't we don't watch the same shows. Yeah, we, we don't read just, the same books. They're younger than me. Yeah. They're like millennials. They we don't. Just, they just don't get my references. We don't get along at all. I keep talking about Michael Chiklis and the Shield, and they're like, "What, man?" I made like, a Seinfeld reference, and they just stared at me. <laughs> you can't make in all the stops. And I got nothing, nothing yeah. from them. Fuck those guys. I can talk to you though, right? Well, hello, la la la. Oh, that's happened to me so many times. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas shows up in a character who's meant to mm, foreshadow. I wonder she'll be evil. Uh, foreshadow a sequel that I would pay good money to not happen. Is there something like big short wise where I can like stock market bet against movies? I would love. I would do that if I could. Like <laughs> there are movies I would short like Deadpool 2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to buy can, against some of these movies. Can Ryan Gosling show up and pitch me against shorting movies? And I'll be like, I'm fucking in. Mm-hmm. Save your weird Jenga. <laughs> I'd like to invest in the joke just isn't funny anymore. Oh, you've got Christian Bale and he's doing a whole affect of a glass eye. I don't even need it. I'm, I'm not betting against it. Yeah, Tomb Raider was, it was long and incompetent and boring. Nothing made sense. Like, they she just like immediately jumps on a boat with like one other dude and there it's like oh the devil sea we'll die if we go there fine i'll sail there that, anyway though that guy uh is it Lou, i'd like to see loren yeah daniel i'd like to see him in something else i feel like he's yeah. wasted in this he's he's fun for about 15 minutes and then because of the script's like whoa he can't be that fun calm that the way fuck down there's a moment where the other the, the other like slaves they've rescued essentially are just like we will fight for you your father like died for us or something you're like what the fuck where did this come from yeah yeah but yeah like he's like you can't pay me enough money to sail through the devil sea i'd just die what would i do with the money and she's just like but would you anyways and he's like fine <laughs> it's like okay and then they do they like do they wait and reconnoiter before they just sail right through the stormy night to the island? No, they just go right for it and they well, crash. Yeah, stormy island, stormy night. Uh, it's like little rocks and jagged edges everywhere. They crash. We see if they had waited a day. Yeah, the next day it's fucking gorgeous. All of that shit is visible. They could have made it. Um, this movie has one of those egregious like she not only takes on a bunch of like serious life threatening wounds, but like. They are not survivable. Like, oh, should we talk about the weird tonal inconsistency where it's like it's a stupid action movie where she's ping ponging around, mm-hmm. but then every once in a while she'll take an injury, and her injury acting is way too real. She's doing these like these like groans, like oh, like it's just like you sound like you're in way too much pain for yeah. a PG thirteen yeah. movie. Not not accidentally sexual and then like moans. she like, has like to do like surgery a, with no anesthesia she has moans. to do a moan where she's like drowning some hoodlum in like a puddle of water she's screaming more than he is and it's like what the fuck am i watching like is this a fun movie or is this like a grim dark movie you don't seem to know but yeah so after she gets off the island there's like a an epilogue where she's doing this thing that was set up earlier and i'm like no because she died from a blood infection that she got on the island there's no way she survived that yeah, the Nick Frost bits in that movie were just dumb. Which are all over the trailer. Like the uh, after credit scene. Essentially the entire scene. The yeah. after credit scene of him is in the trailer, and that's not a good sign. Mm-mm. <sighs> yeah, it's a fucking stupid movie. Poor McNulty. McNulty's instructions are just like, 
hey, if I died, burn this research. And she's just like, nah, I'm going to bring it to the island to give to the enemy. The Order of the Trinity. Oh God, it's so dumb. I wanted straight up fucking Illuminati from the first movie because that's dumb, but what the fuck? Why not? Why the fuck not? Um, yeah, it was, it was bad. I'm glad that the the rumor that Daisy Ridley was up for this role, I'm glad it didn't come to fruition. This would have been bad for her. She's no. too good for this. No, I feel like she would have read that script and passed immediately. Yeah. Uh, love, Simon. I enjoy this a lot. Um, I feel like I have... It's very much a John Hughes movie. I have a lot of complicated feelings about this age and what, what Simon does. Um, but it's a very interesting movie just to see from the perspective of uh, a gay teenager like trying to... you know, He's got a good life and he's grown up with it. He knows it and he wants to come out. But at the same time, he's afraid to because that's a whole new version of himself to accept. It's a whole new world to enter. And I think it seems like low stakes, but it's really not. I, I think it's it's very relatable. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I have a lot of complicated feelings about hmm. little parts of it. So you probably should talk a little bit and I can jump in. Um, I would say it's great. I feel like this movie's immediately in the teen movie pantheon. Yeah. I think they didn't make the mistake that some teen movies do where they're like trying to be a little too hip or too edgy or they're like sort of like inventing new trends that don't exist in reality. Like right. some teen movies do that and it's just like settled down. There's no there's no like let me walk you to the cafeteria and point out all the clicks. Mm-hmm. Um the Martin character in this. Is he the biggest movie villain of 2018? I could not handle that guy. That guy is like douche chill personified. The only the- every time he came on screen, I was just like fucking jesus christ the only decent thing about the martin character who is what he does to simon is horrible though simon does horrible things on his own to his friends i don't know if i call him horrible i feel like simon caught a lot of shit that i don't i feel like they could have had some sympathy for him there yes and no because so okay so basically there's a we're spoiling here by the way yeah we're spoiling the fuck out of it um there's a gossip girl-esque blog about their high school which is basically post secrets and so there is a there's a there's an out very like flamboyantly feminine um gay student at the school who gets a lot of shit constantly. And there's also like a secret like other gay student. And Simon is a third gay student at the high school who starts emailing this the secreted closeted gay student just you know anonymously being like my name is Jacques. He gets like from the French uh pronunciation of of Simon says and he has like a pen pal. It's almost for like you've got mail for a short time there. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's trying to figure out as he's like communicating with this man and like telling him like his his life and this his turmoil about coming out and his friends, like he's trying to also figure out who could this student be. And there's this interesting thing where whenever um Blue the character is when he responds, he's like a generic like white guy, and then he changes until, until Simon starts getting theories yeah. about who it is. Yeah, and then you see one actor or another. So essentially, then Simon. Like he leaves his email open at the school library, which rookie, rookie mistake. Yeah, I know, man. And it's 2018, bro. This fucker Martin finds it and screenshots it and is like, "Hang hey, in a blackmail you now. You have yeah. to like hook me up with your friend, or else I'll leak this." And uh, even before he did that, that character was insufferable. The um, friend is uh, Storm from the X Men movies. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Martin is doing all these things where he's basically manipulating his friends to try to. Simon is. Simon is trying to like trying to get the 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 girl to gravitate more towards Martin. He's but also, basically just like engineering, like, hey Martin, you can come hang out with us. Yeah. Hey, let's go study 
you can come along with with Abby was that her name? I think yeah. Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you come along so you can talk to her? I didn't feel like it was that bad. The well, stuff so he's doing because they really give him shit when like the, the quartet of friends is Abby, who's Storm, Simon, the Thirteen Reasons Why girl, who's clearly in love with oh, Simon. She in Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, yeah. she's clearly blatantly yeah. loudly in love with Simon. The, and then the there's, moment when you when you really really see that it's just, and when they're like having the sleepover, yeah, you're just like ah, uh, there is no good outcome here. It seems. I mean, that was pretty, a great scene, but it was like, well, no, it seems like he clearly gets what she's saying, and he kind of like later on he's like, oh, whoops, he he does not apparently, yeah, which I found it, he was believe. like, oh, you're talking about my friend, right? No, yeah. Also, well, his bedroom is awesome. I kind of love where know. he has the bed. That's a huge, bed. yeah. It, it was like a weird like that is an orgy bed. There was like it was like a little little cubby hole for the bed or something like that, right? Which is huge. Yeah, you could fit seven people in intercourse in that bed. But the um, other friend, like Dave, maybe I can't remember his name. He's yeah. soccer, the soccer, soccer friend who's into Abby, and so basically Simon has to manipulate so that uh, soccer guy and Abby don't end up together, even though they're clearly in each other. He's got to get Martin with Abby. Yeah, and then he wants being blackmailed to yeah. like put uh, thirteen reasons why with. David, soccer bro. And they eventually he's find about out. Beckham at the beginning. Is that where you're getting it from? Because he's talking about David Beckham. I think his name is Dave. I could be wrong. It's anyway, a, it's a D name. I'm so the sure. only the only thing I liked about Martin, which is where I was going with this, is that when, he reminds us of a friend from high school. Oh, no, that's terrible. No one should have to endure those. No one should have to carry that cross. No, uh, it's when Simon comes over to this kid's place who's like, his affect is he like really Nick. into magic? Nick. I don't know where I got Dave from. That's the name you think of while your dad's shaving. Um, yeah, it's like he Simon tries to do the thing where like you need to dress this way, you need to do this, whatever. And at least Martin is like, no, I want her to fall in love with me the way I am. That's the only thing I respected about I, it. I could not handle that character. Every time he's on screen, I just like I just started like quivering. Like I'm just like, oh my god, this is so cringy. I can't handle it. I kind of would pair this um, as the second feature and a double feature with Ten Things I Hate About You. I kind of see that, yeah. Um, lot especially if for like JGL was a villain and had like really dumb hair, like that was like kind of like chin length. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but also like awkward, weird displays of affection oh, and God. ultimatums. Essentially, ultimatums, public ultimatums of love. His yeah, Martin does a whole like knocking aside the person singing the national anthem at homecoming to propose his love. Oh my God, like. The audience, the characters, everyone's just like ducking in their chair. Like, I well, can't, I can't do this. I mean, the movie's very smart. Is it directed by Greg Berlanti? I think it is. Yeah. Um, which would explain the uh, special thanks to Colton Haynes at the end. Sure. Can I say I am not a fan of that thing? They've been doing this more lately. Where at the beginning of the movie, it's like the director and maybe a star is like, "Hi, I wanted to thank you for seeing my movie. Please stop doing that. I don't like that." I don't like to be taken out of the movie I'm about to see right before I see it. Right. I don't need you to fucking thank me for going to see the movie. Like I, it's, it's horrible. Stop doing that. Thank you. Thank all the people who are involved with making movies. Yeah. <sighs> no, thank you. No, uh, thank you at all. So fuck you. The smart detail there is the the high school band is performing Bad Romance before the Declaration of Love, and then right after the kid gets it's shot what is down, love, right? it's What is Love by Hathaway. <laughs> Um, I mean, there, there's a little bit of a mystery as to who the who Blue is. Blue I, is the the, the 
the other gay boy who that he's been emailing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got mail. Um, I, I don't really want to reveal who it is, but it's who I thought it was, was. who I wanted it to be. Like, yeah, put it that way. Who I thought it was, and I was like, oh, is this misdirection here? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was still holding on to that because I don't know who the fuck else would have been. Who did you think? The only if if it wasn't one of those three, like Lyle. It would have been like, is it that one soccer dude who's like had no lines in the movie? Like, I don't know who else it would have been. I mean, the the night it was, you know, there's like a blonde soccer dude who's just like in the background a few oh, times. Oh, I didn't even notice him. Yeah, I was like, who else would it be? Well, I was like, is it going to be Suresh, the kid who's like somehow seven feet tall? If it was Martin, that would have been, this would have been a horror movie. Yeah. You know, if it was really Martin, he's like, oh, I've just been like fucking with you the whole time. Yeah. This is like this is a different kind of movie. Yeah, like that's is like your nightmare. Oh, Simon, you have permission to kill this kid. Yeah. I was really like at a certain point when he when he crashes and burns, I was like, is he just gonna kill himself? And then I was like, maybe he should. And then I was like, maybe Simon should kill him. Well, so like there, at a certain point, isn't that your only move, Simon? You have to fucking murder this guy. Yeah. Um, Simon. So he eventually reveals his friends. You know, they're they're all pissed off because he's been nippling their romantic love lives for a while. Well, it gets blasted the whole school on this like post secret thing because Martin is like gets pissed because he crashes and burns, so he just fucking outs him to everyone. He reveals why, and his 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 reason why is totally justified. I still kind of feel like there's not enough of like, guys, I'm so fucking sorry, you know, like this was your lives that I fucked with. See, I feel like I was the other way where I was just like he was being fucking blackmailed. Can't you understand that? Uh, it's both though. Um, and, and the nice thing about this is it's not like his parents are like prudes or evil conservative people or anything like that. They're but both. They don't. They also don't have like an immediate everything is fine reaction. Right. Like there's some emotions to work through. Well, you had the which dad. I thought were good. It's it's like there's conflict there. It's not just you had the dad like constantly making jokes about like like heterosexual jokes about mm-hmm. his son teasing him. And I gotta say the closest I got to tearing up though is when the dad played by of all people Josh DeHamel. It's just like oh, yeah, some I, comments about him. Well, but when he's just like, I am so fucking sorry. Like these four years you've had to hide this and I made all these dumb fucking comments and I want, don't want you to think for a second that I don't like, you know, I'm not there for you. I mean, I, I almost like teared up briefly, but I, I didn't really feel the veracity of the connection in their correspondence between blue and Simon or hmm. blue and jock. And so the point I would bring up is the one nice thing that comes out of essentially internet dating or internet romance or whatever is not just that it it helps you surpass your own awkwardness or anxieties and meet people that you wouldn't otherwise or it you know, lets your guard down and be accepted. Is there's a certain extent where you can create an ideal on another person, which is terrible for them, but it's almost good for you at times. I don't feel like he was really doing that though in this movie. I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, because especially think, in the movie when they had to create like, okay, now it's it's Kid Flash is the one, or now it's this Lyle kid is the one. I mean, I think there was a romantic aspect to of it, but there was also just like having anyone to talk to you about. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, he's so closely tied into a crush with it, though. And so that's why I'm kind of saying I think teenage kid. I mean, yeah. I think the the honest nature of it though is sometimes you need to create the ideal mate in a stranger, and then you eventually need to learn your lesson and I mean, realize why that's wrong. If this movie ends with it being like Suresh, is he just like oh, I don't know? Because that dude is a fucking dork. 
Yeah, he was a fucking dork. It was Martin. But he like, wasn't even a character though. That's yeah. why like even the uh the piano guy wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, true. I mean, I I I could have seen it being him, but yeah. Yeah. Um Josh Duhamel in this movie. Yeah. He like he walked into his barbershop with some publicity shots from Justified and he's just like give me the Oliphant. Please. I need gravitas. There are probably people who walk out of this movie still thinking it was Oliphant. Oliphant would have been fucking fantastic in this. It would have been amazing in this. Honestly, you could have you you didn't even need Jennifer Garner. You could have brought Drew Barrymore. You could have the whole Santa Clarita diet, like as the parents here. You could have brought that girl over as the daughter. <laughs> I like how there's like a part of the movie is like the the dad is like making this like video for their twenty four year anniversary. Six months. That's a long video. Yeah. A long time to spend on a video a that's, that's twenty five seconds long. And like it's like, oh, it's the olden days, only they look exactly the same age they are yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. But yeah. If Ollie found in this movie, wouldn't have been worse. That's all I'm saying. Tony Hale is kind of hilarious in how awkwardly bad he is. He's good. He disappears in the middle of the movie for a little bit too long. Yeah. Like somebody in there needed to be like, hey, this guy needs to like pop up somewhere. I gotta say though, Tony Hale has successfully eliminated Buster in my eyes. I just see him as Gary from Veep. From now. Veep, yeah. Yeah. Um also Natasha Rothwell as Mrs. Albright is amazing. That's a, the um, drama teacher. Drama teacher. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Who plays the teacher in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You? It's Which like teacher. Uh, he's the actor who's later like in a wheelchair. The later in a wheelchair. Yeah. Man, the the actor talking about. Um, the, her like English teacher, where she like has her like her poem where she's crying. I think so. And everyone is like, "Wow, that kind of hit right there." Not even a little. Not even at all. Are you talking to me or talking to the audience? Yes. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. I have one critique of this movie, really. The only thing I would have changed in this movie. And we we talked about this a little. Um, I feel like they fumbled the ending a little bit. Hmm. Simon makes this post on like the, the post-secret thing where he's just like, He's explaining himself to the whole school, basically. And like, you know. Oh, the ultimatum at the end. Yeah. So he, he's explaining himself to the school like this is this is who I am. But also like, you know, like this is, you know, I, I've i had this, you know, relationship with this person. I don't want to scare them away or whatever. But he's just like, hey, like meet me at the Ferris wheel. Basically, you know, like, you know, where I'll be like it seemed like it would have really put the other dude on the spot in mm-hmm. a, and it was, it was obvious up to that point that the other, the, the blue who he's talking to is like very reticent to come out. What blue says copiously, I am not comfortable to come out. Yeah. I will flirt with the idea, but Daryl Mitchell is the actor I'm trying to think of. Daryl Chill Mitchell, the comedian mm. who later got um, paralyzed. He says constantly, I am not comfortable coming out. You know, we're inspiring each other, but I don't have that level of bravery. Mm-hmm. And then Simon's like, I'm going to give like a shit ton of money to this carny where I just keep riding the Ferris wheel by myself so you can show up and join me but after it's like, our high school rendition of Cabaret. He's, he's telling the whole school this essentially so that like, it's not just like, hey, would you come meet me? It's well, like, would you come meet me where everyone will be watching? Well, so the reason he's doing it is because so Blue has basically either canceled his email address or permanently blocked him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is the only way of communicating with Blue 
But yeah, so then the it whole just seems fucking, like a lot of pressure. The whole yeah, it is. The whole fucking class is just sitting there watching him for hours <laughs> as he rides his Ferris wheel alone. Um and then the movie tries to do the thing where Martin tries to redeem himself, where he runs. Martin, up. you did not redeem yourself. No. Go fuck yourself, Martin. You, you just you just put more fuck salt off. in that wound. Oh, let me let me give you my ending here. Yeah, I think you'd have to set it up in a way where Simon can say, you know, there's someone out there I care about. You know where to meet me exactly. after the play. Exactly. Where it's like, okay, he knows where to meet you because of something you talked about in your emails. Nobody else knows, so it's not like. The whole fucking school is just standing around watching, right? Because that's just that's insane pressure. Like in a straightly relationship, that'd be insane pressure. It, where somebody's having to come out as well, that's like I can only assume that the reason they do this is to get you to a place where Simon can not only imagine but really feel acceptance by the whole community, the whole world. I yeah yeah I can see that. Um, and I do love this movie because it does this kind of what if montage where all the straight kids have to come out to their parents. Straight. That's good. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, so they do it that way where it's like there's not as much pressure. And you do the thing where he rides the Ferris wheel for like an hour and like nobody shows up. So he gets off and, and it's like maybe like as the Ferris wheel turns, somebody else is like, Simon, you know, and he turns around. It's like, oh, I didn't see you. I got on another got on another seat. I've just been here the whole time. You know, I missed yeah. you or whatever, you know. And so they get on the seat together. They, you know, they maybe they bribe the carny for like another ride or whatever. They had their moment. You need an iconic song playing there. Yeah. Like you, you need the the sixteen candles moment. You need that ending. You need was that if you leave. Mm-hmm. I don't know what song that is for this movie. This movie has a song that they kind of throw away. It's a song called Wings by Hearts. It's been in PLL. It's been a lot of things. This song is goddamn amazing, and if you don't find this song to be super romantic, you are dead inside. And I don't want to know you. Is, that's not the song that's playing during that scene. I though, think right? it's playing before. It's when he first gets there after again cabaret, and they kind of throw it away as the he's writing it alone. And okay. it's like you fucking idiots, let this song play and build. The it's the one like I will never let you go. The yeah. song that's playing when he, they're on the first wheel together, it it almost seems like score or something. It's just like some random electronica yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's like no. This is your 16 Candles ending. Have an iconic song. Play it there. They kiss in the movie. I don't need another scene after that. Just in right. the movie right there. This could have been a, this is a very, very good movie. This could have been a fucking classic timeless movie too. Yeah. And that, like, it's not a huge criticism. Obviously it's, you should go see the movie. It's a fun movie anyway, but like, I feel like, ah, they could, they could have just like really shot the moon right there yeah. and, and, and rose to the next level. I don't know why, they had another scene after that just to show like, Hey, now everybody's cool except there's like a fifth man to the band. It's his boyfriend. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. you're like, okay, why didn't you just end the movie there? Yeah. Also his little sister, who's like a chef or wants to be a chef. When does she go to school? She's always like, like covered in flour and with well, an apron on when he's leaving for school. What is some of her meals look goddamn amazing. Um, and so, one of the recurring things is that whenever Simon is leaving, she's always still in the middle of making food. Right? He's leaving for school. She's in the middle of making food still, and he takes a few bites, and he always tells her it's delicious. And I think they're implying that it never is, but he's a good big brother. And how but bad like, of a chef can you really be? But, but also, when does she go to school? You know when he leaves for school, little girl. Why are you not done making the food in time? I just it's, Of all the times you could be making food, is the morning for a teenager? I'm just saying... 
I was a teenager once. I didn't know what was going on for the first two hours that I woke up every day. It was just get to school. So Jennifer Garner, the mom, is a therapist. What do you think Josh She's really Hamill, good. Josh DeHamel does? Did they say in the movie? I don't think they do. He's just a former high school quarterback. I'm going to imagine that he's actually played by Timothy Oliphant and that he's a uh, U.S. Marshal. Or a hitman? Mm-hmm. Well, a wasn't U.S. Marshal. Wasn't that the th- he was in Hitman, but yeah. Wasn't the theory that his character in The Office was actually the Scranton Strangler? Or Toby was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Fucking Google that again. Santa Clarita Diet. That's wasted. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would have changed is is the stuff where where spoiler blue shows up at the end. I mean It was fine. I just felt it could have been even better, I yeah. guess. You know, it's something where he shows up in a huff and he's like, I'm sorry, I had to get here in a flash, whatever. Like it's like he's a and like I said, a little bit. I would have done a little bit more when he finally like gets back on the same page with his friends. I mean, the group of friends is good. It feels like a real high school group of friends. Um, I wonder if it also takes place in Georgia because it's filmed in Georgia. Because unfortunately, in Georgia, Waffle House is a big fucking thing. Though no Waffle House is that big or that clean. Yeah, I was gonna say that looks like a very clean Waffle House there. No, um, the the help is not that helpful. Polyphon, <laughs> the last time we seen him, or one of the last times we've seen him, a little movie called Mother's Day. Ooh. where oh, he's, his uh, trophy wife was Shane Mitchell. Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah, I wanted to look up where this was supposed to take place because they're like at the end, it's like we're gonna go into the city and it pans through skyline, and I'm like, I don't recognize that skyline. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm glad we saw. It. I'm especially cleansing the palate after fucking two. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just it it just feels like this is immediately just a teen movie. It's in the teen movie pantheon. It's there with Mean Girls and Ferris Bueller and Sixteen Candles. Although and I, Way, I, I don't know you. if Sixteen Candles is still in the pantheon. It's pretty fucking problematic now. So I can't believe I gave my panties to a geek. Yeah, there's some issues with that movie. Yeah. <sighs> um. But yeah, go see this movie in the theater. Like, it's fun. I hope you haven't been listening yeah. to all this and then go see it. Just, I hope you turned this off before we started talking about it and just went and saw it for yourself. Um, yeah. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about next week? Oh, good question. What are we talking about next week? Let's see. What were some of the movies that we discussed? Um, like a five-hour uh, Roadhouse podcast? There's Roadhouse, a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon I still want to do. Hmm. Can I talk you into that? Next week? I don't know. What else we gonna do? Um, oh, life less ordinary. I don't know how many of our listeners care about life less ordinary. I, you know, we uh, we rewatched Now You See Me, and I don't know if we want to do an episode about that. I could do a whole episode just on the names in that movie. G. Daniel Atlas. G. Daniel Atlas. My God, what a name! I almost like whenever we do that. Not next week. We need to do both of them to talk about. It should just be a both of them, and and how how continuity is thrown out the window in the second movie how yeah. stupid good the first one is how stupid stupid bad the second one is mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna do crouching tiger let's do crouching tiger that's a good movie yeah uh, we we complained a lot about fantastic beasts crouching tiger is a great film we'll I, do that I next mean, week. if you like you know artsy martial arts and just raging blue balls it is the movie for you ang lee that's another director who like What's he doing right now? How many only movies can I name off? Hulk. 
Lust Caution, Brokeback Mountain. Like Life of Pi. Life of Pi is a really good movie. Um, Crash of Tigers, Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. The actor in Life of Pi, when he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, I was really bummed that he didn't win. I can't remember the actor's name. Hmm. Um, he's in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. As oh, Irfan uh, Khan? Irfan Khan. There's a moment where Irfan Khan breaks down, and I oh, I fucking lost in the theater. Hmm. It's a wreck. All right, well, we'll be back next week to talk about that. Till then, have a good one. Peace.